Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 342. I'm with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Oh, hot and bothered, buddy. Hot and bothered. It's been, a, it's been a dreadful summer. Has been a long, hot summer, man. Has been a long, hot summer. Um, and I had a little bit of uh, heat and nausea today. Lucky this isn't a video podcast. I'm just sitting here in my boxes, uh, no T-shirt on even. <laughs> I, I was wearing the one you got me for my birthday, the Green Goblin today, man. He was getting a run. I love that show. Nice. And um, he, he got a, he got a big run. I had my massage today. The the lady she treads on my back. Oh, it's so nice. And um, yeah, so I mean, I, the only time you hopefully you let someone walk all over you. Oh yeah, gladly, gladly, <laughs> gladly. It's a bit of pleasure and pain. But um, yeah, no. So I was feeling pretty loose. But yeah, it's been warm here, man. And you, weren't you saying to me just before the show? Weren't you working in the storeroom or something, Rich, this week when it's been boiling? Ah, uh, for the last two weeks, because yeah, our storeroom wow. went on like a six-week holiday, and so oh. it was my sort of turn to um, do like a two-week stint, uh, kind of doing and oof. and the the shopping centre we're working at yeah. our area, the aircon's not working properly, so it's been oh really. Been a pretty sweaty two weeks. Oh, it's all over now, and he should be back on Monday. So that's good. Just this hot day. And and do you get the weekends now? Are you off on weekends now? Yeah, at the moment. Well, that's good. At least you can enjoy the weekend, man. I had a swim today, and I was like, I I was seriously. I came back from massage, did a bit of shopping, and I just, I just dove into the pool just briefly, and it was, it was lovely in there. I was like, Mm. oh man, this is nice. Like, I miss not having a pool. But, like, if it's not the pool, you have to have a shower. But the problem is, like, I, I was steaming when I went into the pool. You know what I mean? And I sort of seemed to stabilise. And it's just, this is the this is the, this is is the the life living in Australia, man. Living the dream. Now, I do want to mention, um, just two days ago, Adam and I did a Cinema of Doom. We did Kerry. It's already on the Patreon feed. Uh, there'll be more. I think, Rich, you and I are going to do one shortly. Um, mm-hmm. I happy to do one in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's your pick. Uh, I forget you. I, I always forget what you actually picked, but you've got something, don't you? You were saying like, do I? Oh, shit, I can't remember. Now. Well, okay, you, you've got. You know, let's say you've got at least a week. Think of something, and then we'll. But it's your turn, so you, it's your choice. There's no restrictions on cinema doing me from any era. Obviously, I always pick classics and old movies. Um, but whatever you want to pick, it doesn't worry me. Um, yeah, anything to interest the Patreon uh, people, and I want to thank all our backers, and if you want to support the show, it all goes towards show running costs, um, and it is patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. You can search Signal of Doom in the Patreon app. Um, I do want to do a shout-out to a, a toy show that I've been listening to, Modern Toy Fair. Um, just one of these stumbled across it on Apple Podcasts, not really any... Just, you know, when it says related things you might like. These guys are, f- are fun, man. Like, just three guys, uh, toy toy chat, basically. Um, yeah, I love it. It's, it's just a very relaxing show. You know what I mean? Like, super relaxing. These are guys who easily could, could you know, fill in on signal. Um, they know how to hit the ball out of the park. So I do want to mention there, Modern Toy Fair. Uh, are you missing any podcasts at the moment, Rich? You got anything you want to shout out? Apart from signal, obviously. Uh... 
No, I don't think so. Just, the top of my just head. your own, man. Sometimes when I'm driving, I'll put on signal and I'll find myself nodding along with our points. I'm like, yeah, these guys are making sense. <laughs> well, I see that. Well, the problem is, is if if I'm listening to something, it's either music or an audio book. So, sure. Um, I don't actually have. Well, not anymore. I mean, I used to listen to the. Um, I usually listen to a lot of Kevin Smith's. Oh, that's um, right. You loved it. Yeah, the Smodcast. Not just him, like, because they had a few different ones. Yeah. So, you know, they had, like, um, shit, I can't remember. Like, uh, there was this, I think it was one of the comic book guys, and it was, like, just, like, he used to do it, and he'd have someone on every week. And Hmm. so, like, I used to, but now now it's just more, like, audio books and... Sure and all that sort of stuff. I don't really listen to podcasts. I, I find um, when I'm working and I'm not doing work that is super, takes a lot of my, you know, um, uh, brain. You know what I mean? Like I'm working and I'm doing stuff, but it's not like complex stuff. I, I do find having a relaxing like toy podcast on that's not that's not a hard listen. Very, it chills mm. me. It chills me because it, it makes my day pass faster because I'm enjoying that while I'm doing other stuff. And I can switch it on and off when I have to make calls or take a call or do something that's a bit more complex. Um, that's actually, and obviously in the car, because I'm, I'm driving Tuesdays and Wednesdays, um, you know, and I and there I like to have it as well. So I, I, yeah. I like it on, on car and rides. I do, I do sometimes, like, listen slash watch maybe some streams or something mm. like that, you know. You um, love your YouTube streams, don't you? I thought you loved your YouTube stuff. No, I do. Um but that's more if I'm at, sitting at the desk doing sure. work. Yeah. If I'm out and about, like maybe like driving or yeah. whatever, then it's generally an audio book. Because obviously, um, uh, I don't want to be using up my data or, on video. Or, 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 or maybe just throw on signal, you know? Throw on signal, Rich. And, and just listen to your great points I, coming I, back I, to you. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I do. I have listened to us occasionally all that. But um, yeah. I sometimes just find myself annoying, so I don't... Oh, you're not annoying, Rich. I mean, thousands might argue, but I love you. You know, I, I don't find you annoying. It's a pleasure. Um, I know I, I listen because obviously I have to edit it. And um, when I'm editing, uh, and sometimes I like to listen for sound quality. But she was like, you listening to yourself? I go, just for sound quality. <laughs> but some, sometimes I linger. And, and also to make sure I didn't say anything stupid that I regret. Uh, doesn't, doesn't worry. It, it's a, let, me, let me tell you, as the editor of this show, it takes a pretty high quality bad remark from either of us for me to bother editing it i have to usually it's at the time and i go yeah maybe not you know and it and let me tell you it doesn't happen that often considering we do shows always around the three hour mark um it's rare that i have to do substantial edits of stuff we've said It, it has happened of course and it does happen but it's not that frequent to be honest um obviously some edits for um you know, uh, if there's, you know, breakdowns and stuff like that and sometimes some clarity stuff. But in terms of, quote-unquote, offensive things we've said, and I don't really think we've ever said anything that offensive, really, but stuff that where I'm like, I can't be bothered with the blowback from this if someone was, like, fucking made a, you know, mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. And I'll just be like, delete, you know. But it's not that. It's not, And we're about 50-50. It's not one of us who's the prime offender. It's, you know, it's many times it's been me. And I'm like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. If I, I always go by the by the thing. If I'm questioning it, it probably means it's too much. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Well, the problem for me is, as my girlfriend always laughs, is that I don't see anything I say as a hot take. 
No, you, well, you just, just give your opinion. Just see, I just see it as fact. <laughs> that's fine. Like, yeah. That's fine. That's fine, dude. I love it. Now, uh, last week we were discussing Ubisoft, and you remember I was getting very excited because this this guy going on about the Ubisoft pass, and I was like, this sounds like something I would love. So I did my investigation, and I thought I had this. Now I've got PlayStation Plus, which includes Ubisoft Classics. But it's not Ubisoft Premium Plus, which is not available on the PlayStation right now, a PS5. But there's plenty of articles pointing to it coming fully shortly. But Ubisoft Classics covers the majority of the games I would like, except it does exactly what I thought it would do. It doesn't include Mirage and Valhalla. Now, it may have included Valhalla, but it doesn't currently, which annoys me because I think if you're paying for the... um, service you should be you should be getting the new game as you know as part of the service like with your xbox games pass you know how you got um what was that game called star was it starfield mm-hmm. you know those kind of games but um but you did your own research and i believe the xbox does cover the ubisoft premium plus is that correct no it doesn't cover it you have access to it no i mean you can get it you can get yeah, it. yeah. you yeah. can subscribe to the the ubisoft through the or on Xbox, and you can yeah. get the full, the full one. I think it was about twenty three dollars a month, did I say, or something like that? And or? see, if I had a, if I had a, um, the new Xbox, I would get it because it annoys me that that's not available on on PS systems. Like, I don't understand it. And they've got plenty of press releases saying yeah, it's coming, but, it's but happening. PlayStation's a bit not. weird like that, man. Like they don't even allow um, early access games really? on, and they do not like. Uh, day one What's PlayStation not a fan of day one games being on PlayStation because they want you to buy it so even oh. when you subscribe and they you know they have their version of of, of uh, Game Pass mm. you will not get a game day and date mm. when it comes out on their, on their thing and I think they also have that deal with Ubisoft so they basically said to Ubisoft no 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 you cannot have day and date on our system. They must go buy the physical or the digital version of the game. Why? We want the money. Why? Because they want the money. They make more money that way, bro. Oh, they get a much larger cut if you buy the game than if you just oh, like, go, oh, well, I get a part of my, I see. Uh, my monthly fee. Right. So that's it's a, it's a better deal for Sony. Yeah, yeah. Sony, Sony wants their cake and eat it too. They basically, oh. which I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing, but when they stop other people, Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't own Ubisoft, but again, Ubisoft has to play by their rules. Uh, have to do what they want because it's their platform. So if they basically say to Ubisoft, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can have your subscription," but you, you thing, know where that's you dangerous. Day day. You know where that's dangerous. It's when your competitor, and you know, Xbox is their competitor. It does offer it, you know. And so when I go to buy, like, when if I was if I bought a new Xbox, one of the pluses would be, well, I would get. Um, Ubisoft Premium straight away and I would know that when um, Assassin's Creed Red comes out I think that's what it's called later this year it'll go to Ubisoft Premium Plus well I'll be honest with you if I was a PlayStation player I, I it wouldn't bother me if it wasn't day and date because I literally would just be like fine I'll wait for it to come to. it's the same like mm. uh, we actually gonna uh, finally Dungeons and Dragons has, has come to binge mm. for streaming so we're gonna watch it but I was like I'll wait what is like, it? The movie? You know, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That's been out for ages, man. No, but it's only just come to streaming now. Like, like, 
Oh, as well, part of your, your your thing, without you having to rent it or buy it, or you could have just downloaded it months ago. No, that's no, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> I that person where if you turn and say, if you want to play it now, you've got to buy it straight away, or otherwise, you know, you're going to wait six months. I'll be like, cool, I'll see you in six months. Like, yeah, I'll yeah, happily yeah. play your game in six months. I don't give a well, shit. Well, it depends on the game. Some games, I'm I'm one hundred percent of that's my attitude. You know, uh, I pretty much one hundred percent. I won't do it if it's like uh, the choice is taken away from me. Mm. Like if right. they basically said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're offering you the service, but you're not getting this mm. um, because we want more money," then I'd be like, "Cool." Then well, I'll see I, you in six well, I also don't understand why why Assassin's Creed Valhalla isn't on there because Assassin's Creed Valhalla is not that new, and I feel it it was on there at times. I was on Game Pass now. Yeah, that's what I don't get. I, I don't understand how they're... Yeah, but Game, Boy, Game Pass, you see, here's the thing. I think people think that game, um, Xbox is going third party. I don't believe they're going third party. They are going platform. Mm. And they want their, their platform to be on every uh, device. So if, if they strike a deal, they will happily put Game Pass on Sony. Right. Right, but they want Game Pass. They want Game Pass to be on every single like. I don't think Microsoft. Microsoft, I think, has got to the point where they like really because don't forget, Microsoft don't make computers. Right. They make software. Okay. Right. So when you buy a computer, you're not buying a a, a a Microsoft computer. You're buying a Lenovo, or you're buying a HP, or you're buying a ASUS or an Acer or right. Dell or whatever, whatever. You're buying the computer, but it comes with their software. So I think they've gone, you know what? We're a software company. That's how we made our fucking gajillion dollars. Uh-huh. Why don't we get our shit on every fucking piece of hardware like we did with computers? Right. So they want they want Game Pass on Nintendo. They want Game Pass on PC. They want Game Pass on uh, the Xbox. They want Game Pass on Sony. They And any other console that comes out or whatever, they would want Game Pass on that. Right. Okay. Well, it's so confusing because I, I'm doing my um, research while we're talking, and yeah, it's it's so bizarre because Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been on there. It has been part of the PlayStation Plus thing, you know, and Ubisoft Classics and whatever else. But it's like as of I mean, I checked literally, you know, the other day, like three days ago, and it wasn't on there. And I, I don't really particularly give a shit because I've played it so fully, but. I just find it odd. I just, I just, I'm confused why you wouldn't be matching um, with with your direct competitor. That's what that's what confuses me. I just don't understand it. Like, I, 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 I guess there could be a bit of because um, Ubisoft. I mean, I'm no expert on what's the biggest games, uh, but well, you know. I don't think Sony could eat the cost like uh, uh, Microsoft can. Right. So. Okay. Um, Microsoft, as I said, they have a gajillion dollars. Yeah. So they can afford to put stuff on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, and and just get that monthly. You know, maybe they are losing, but again, as I said, they're probably trying to build to have it on on every platform, thereby increasing the monthly money. Um, whereas Sony can't do that. Sony can't afford to give up the the hundred dollar game, the eighty dollar game, whatever whatever price it is now, they yeah. can't afford to let that go. They need that to sell millions of copies first before yeah. they can put something on the, the subscription platform. Okay. Well, one thing I did do in my research was I downloaded Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is included, which is the only one I haven't played. And I'm just like, I, and, I, and I thought, well, 
I guess I, you know, I'm sure I'll enjoy it with the Greek stuff. You know, I love my Greek stuff. Um, but like, you know, honestly, <laughs> uh, when I was checking it out, I, I'm sorry. It's so funny to me how um, history right now is, as I say, getting sort of like a blackwash because right. I, I was watching that a bit and I played a little bit of it and Odyssey. I'm just like, geez, I made the Greek so brown in this game. Oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, what are they? Mediterranean. So they could be quite swarthy, some of them, I imagine. But uh, Listen, I've worked with many Greeks. Hmm. And they ain't that brown. Yeah, I was going to say, I, no, no, you know, I agree. I, I I hear what you're saying. I agree. I have so far. And, um, yeah, yeah. Like, like Greek people know. would be looking more olive, like, like Italian, you know, like Italian. Olive skinned. Olive skinned. Yeah, like the Italian, Mediterranean sort of stuff. They're like that sort of color. They ain't like, you know what I mean? They, yeah. they are, they're not brown, brown, brown. No, 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 definitely like, not. Definitely not. Yeah. There's so many, and, and, and I'm just like, it's the same, even like the new Prince of Persia game has come out, and I swear to God, the guy looks African. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And you're like, I don't understand this need of like trying to make every, every like non European thing brown as brown can be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, Prince of Persia, I'm no expert, but I would have thought Middle Eastern. You know? Exactly, yes. Yeah. But he I mean, looks so African, it's real. I almost want to call him, you know... I almost want to think <laughs> Aladdin in Aladdin. That's kind of what he makes yes. me think of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, whatever. But I don't think they do themselves any favours with that stuff, really. I, I think, you know, if anything, um, they hurt themselves with that shit, you know? That's oh, yeah, yeah. My, my sure, personal, sure. Just, just my personal opinion. Because I, I think it's weird. I, I just think it's like, I don't really give a shit, you know? But I'm also like, I just, I, I sort of shrug when I see it. I'll be interested to see what this Assassin's Creed Japan game's like because I think it's going to be directly in the um, shadow of Ghost of Tsushima, you know? Um, oh, Jesus. The, the, yeah, Japan is... Well, not just that, man. Japan's the talk of the town now because mm. there's another... The Ronin game uh-huh. is coming out that's also set in Japan, which also looks very, like, kind of Assassin's Creed-y. What's it called? Ronin. Um, oh, shit. What is it called? It sounds something, good. I want to play it's it. something Ronin. Let me look it up. Uh, Ronin. Is this a console game? Ronin. Yes, I, I believe it's a PS5 exclusive as well. Oh, really? Rise of the Ronin. Rise of the Ronin. When's this coming, man? Yeah, it's made by Team Ninja. That's the same guys that did uh, Ninja Gaiden and right. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Gee, it's coming out soon. Year. It's, it's coming out on 22nd of March. Yeah, so soon. Yeah. Awesome. Now, that's a very, like, uh, Ninja Gaiden slash Assassin's Creed, Ghost of Tsushima right. type game. So, yeah, they already got that. Sort of. So there's a fair bit that's coming out that's right in the... And yeah. Assassin's Creed, I think it's called Red, is coming out in the not-too-distant future. I think it's coming out, like, later this year. So they're really yeah. going into the well. Mind you, it the is... Game, a, the game I'm looking forward to is um, uh, Wukong. Right. It's a Dark Souls game, but it's uh, you play as the Monkey King. Oh, know, yeah. Monkey. Oh, that's cool. What's it uh, called? So that, yeah. Uh, Wukong. Right. I, what I remember of Ninja Gaiden is it was fucking hard, you know? Yeah, I mean, Ninja, uh, well, Ninja Gaiden is almost like the... Good game. Um, not the precursor to Dark Souls, but, I mean, just the precursor to, like, a difficult game that, like, everyone... Like, there was no, like, easy mode or... Yeah. Or you, even if there was an easy mode, I think you got frowned upon if you played on it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> a, it was a fun game. I, I remember playing a lot of it on... uh was 360, I think I played my Ninja Gaiden on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I it was. That. Shit, 
I think Ninja Gaiden was exclusive to Xbox at the right. time. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I was, I had it. I never finished it. I, I remember I knew you when I was playing, and I used to complain all the time about how hard it was, but I did enjoy it. It was a fun game. Um, that's for sure. Well, that's interesting that we're going into some some game stuff. So we're a lot to look forward to this year. Now, Hasbro. Well, again, we'll, we'll bring it up now mm. uh, since we're talking about games. But uh, a game that is not doing very well at the moment mm. is Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. Oof. Oh, yeah. What are the Seems reviews to be this like? year's most hated game so far. Yeah, I, I just had a feeling that it was going to suck. Um yeah, I, I saw. I was actually in JB Hi-Fi today, and I saw it there, and I didn't even consider buying it. Um, yeah, it's got some defenders, but in general, it seems to be getting panned everywhere. Really? Okay. Well, you know, let's have a look at Metacritic. I mean, that's you know, I I, I tend to think games can um, you you can sort of like the the the, the reviews that can be quite true, kind of thing. If you know what I mean, like it's like um. Because it's not like a movie, a game. I feel you you get a sort of better scoring system from it. Uh, so sixty three, mm. uh, it's a sitting on a sixty three, and, and it's firmly in the yellow, which is not great. Um, yeah, no, that's what I said. Several outlets are, are giving it good, but I'm talking about like mm. the, there's almost fifty percent of outlets are not looking at fact, but almost no one online, as in like you know yeah. um, YouTube reviewers online, like just the 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 non I want to say shield the non-corporate yeah, yeah. reviewers. I haven't found anyone yet that's given it a good review. No meta score launch is a choice to be sure. Um, what does that mean? Uh, I'm just trying to work out uh, how to read this fucking article. Um, yeah, I don't know, but like it's it's not great. Uh, it's, nope. it's it's not great, and and I don't think I'll be getting it. I, I I'm certainly not going to spend the hundred bucks because. These days, in a you know in Australia and Sydney, these games are expensive. Like you know, and I like I hesitate. I, I don't mind spending it if I know I'm going to play a shitload of it. You know what I mean? When I bought um, Baldur's Gate three, I knew that that was going to be massive. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage kind of annoyed me that I had to pay sixty nine dollars for a game that I knew I would finish relatively shortly for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not cheap if I know it's going to be like tons of hours, but when I see a hundred bucks for Suicide Squad, a game that I feel is not going to be that good, I'm just like pass. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's almost like when that gets really clearance down one day, maybe if it got onto like um, one of the subscription services, yeah, probably I would I would play it then. But I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks on a game like that. Sorry, you know, and the fact that it's coming from Rocksteady, which you would expect so much better from. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, man, why couldn't they just have done the Turtles game they wanted to do? You know? Yeah, I kind of feel like they should have... Honestly, they should have left the Arkham games. Mm. Like, uh, you should have just left it uh, after Arkham Knight. Great game. I think you should have just said, okay, look, we're done. We've made, what, four of these? Or, well, no, I think they made three, but I think four were made. I think another company made uh, Arkham Origins or whatever. You're correct, yeah. Um, uh... And then someone else, I think, made the Gotham Knights. Mm. Um, but I think they should have said, you know, okay, I think we're done with this. Um, let's let's go make something else. Let's we've, go find a new IP, a new property, or create something new. We've tapped it. Um, so. so I'm trying to find yeah. if there's a release date for um, Assassin's Creed Red. It doesn't seem like there's, there's actually a release date yet. They're still working on it. 
but um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's not a lot known about it. It's all you can play as a samurai, you can do this, you can do that. I'm looking forward to it. But you are correct, like Rise of the Ronin um, and Assassin's Creed Red, they're sort of games that are very, they're not exactly the same, but they're very much drawing from the same well on the same sort of player base, it would feel like, you know? Mm. It seems like this is yeah, a well, similar I, yeah, I would I would imagine that anyone who um, liked those games would have been eager for this when they, when they announced it. Hmm. But uh, I, as they dropped more and showed more, everyone seemed to be going, oh, no, don't want this. For Suicide Squad, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, originally there was a ton of anticipation. I, I honestly firmly believe they should do a Turtles game. I think a Turtles game would be fucking awesome. You know? Um, do, oh, I think so. Do a Turtles... Well, it's a fresher thing, too, like, as a, compared to... I don't know, it feels like Suicide Squad has been pretty played out recently in the media, and you've also in the shadow of the Batman games. The Turtles, their street-level fighters, like, it feels like it's in their sweet spot. Do you know what I mean? And I think Turtles fans would just rejo- rejoice. You know something I really want to get? It's the Turtles party wagon. I want to get one, man. I seriously want to get oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously, I've been looking online, man. The problem is, you you can get the cheap ones, but they look really cheap, but there's the really expensive ones, but it's like, do I want to spend, you know, 500 bucks? You know what I mean? Like, or more. And the answer to that question is not really. If it was around 200 250 for a good one, that'd be perfect. But, you know, it's like, inflation is a real thing, I've noticed at the moment. Like, even I have noticed this, like... You know, I don't mean to turn this into, like, an economic podcast, but have you noticed that, like, things like that, there is a real inflation out there at the moment? Like, there is rising costs in terms of toys and stuff and, like, games being over 100 bucks. Well, yeah, everything. It's bullshit, man. I hate it. I hate it, man. I don't like it. I mean, burn down this capitalist. This is when I go for the anarchists who are like, oh, bomb it all, we hate it all. And I'm I'm like, I hate it too, but only because I want my games cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, but also the thing that bothers me about games getting super expensive is, mm. look, if I, I understand that if you want to make a, this God of War or um, Last of Us, where you're going to go hire all these actors and the mocap and sure. and okay, yeah, if you're going to end a lot. You're going to it's going to cost you a lot of money, and you're going to have to charge more for the game. But I think you can also save cost by game. Well, listen, we don't have to go that hard. You know what I mean? Like this game, we've got a fun idea, the concept or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we make it and we don't have to charge as much because, you know, mm. it's not as graphically. But the, the, yeah, the problem is, is um, because those games, I think, are driving up the prices so that even a game where they spend a little less mm. um, graphically, they still. Um, it's giving them an excuse. The it's giving them an excuse. They're like, fuck it, we can rack it up. Is that what you mean? Well, that and too many games are trying to go for those high-end graphics when they don't need to. Yeah. Like too many games who don't need to look like Last of Us or God of War are trying to look like that mm. and look like it poorly. And you're like, why? Just, just why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. But... It's interesting. I'm still reading stuff. I've got to close this article. I'm, I'm still reading stuff about Ubisoft Classic leaving PlayStation Plus. It's annoying me, so I'm closing it. Like, be, be, like it's annoying me because Valhalla was in there, and I remember it being in there as well. And and I, what I should have done is just downloaded it Yeah, at the time. You know what I mean? And I, and I didn't do that. But I, it will come again. Like, I mean, let's face it. They, they've got to rotate their games. 
I'll just wait for an opportunity and, and, and just grab it when it when it comes I'll to tell you, man, look, I understand that you do enjoy your PlayStation, mm. right? And yeah. I'd never stop anyone from, you know, playing the game. But it, the Game Pass is definitely a better deal mm. uh, yeah. than the... the well, once we, it, once we have PlayStation Plus yeah. or whatever it is that they call it, one, yeah, PlayStation Plus. The, the problem is they've got PlayStation Plus and they've got PlayStation Plus Plus or something like it's just all bullshit, man. But it's not on that either, so it's like yeah. you know because I don't Actually, play I mean, my, my girlfriend Alicia tonight. She's busy playing uh, the Persona Three remake that just came out uh, on the Game Pass. She's been waiting for that. So there you go. See, uh, game just there on Game Pass. No. No, yeah, hoops. No, well, what I'm thinking, what subscription do I need? What tier do I need? She was like, Oh, it's come out, cool. I'm playing it, bang, done. Well, when I when, when once we've had the kid and like we've got all the rooms set up and everything, uh, and I'm properly set up, I will at some point get an Xbox. And you know, it might it won't probably be tomorrow, but like down the track, yeah. and I will definitely get the games pass back then. Like, um, I, yeah. I've got to be honest with you because I, I got everything. I actually play far more on my Switch and my Xbox yeah. than my PlayStation. The PlayStation is just there yeah. for that odd exclusive yeah. uh, when it's on sale. <laughs> I don't buy it. Well, uh, the, the thing with me is so far I haven't missed anything. Like I'm, If there was an Elder Scrolls game out right now, I would have already bought one. Do you know what I mean? It's just... The fact is, the stuff that I'm playing, it's it's available. Like, what have I played recently? Baldur's Gate. Well, I'm playing it. And Assassin's Creed Mirage. I'm playing it. Witcher 3. Which I... I, I but, you know, I haven't missed out. And I'm also... Or even though I am philosophically annoyed that Valhalla isn't on there, I have played that to death on my old Xbox. So it's not like... It's not like I'm missing out anything on yet that I would have played. Like, because... I know the kind of stuff I oh, want to no, play. No, no, no. I don't know. You're, you're definitely not missing out on anything you want to play, but I'm just saying you might be missing out on some mm. games you might not have thought you were interested in playing. True. And well, I, well I, had game, I had games pass until last week when I cancelled it because I just have not turned my Xbox on in months. But like I said, when I buy a new Xbox, you know, down the track, which will be for Elder Scrolls, I will, you know, heartbeat put it back on. You know what I mean? Like in, in I'm, I'm actually going to be getting uh, Alicia an Xbox S. Yeah. Just because we have the X, uh, but the one is getting to the point now where uh, it's some cool. games can't be played on it, or it's not compatible because you know more and more games are coming up for just the X series. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't need a whole nother like X. Right. So I'm just going to get her the S for the because um, she only really plays the Game Pass. You know what I mean? She yeah. doesn't really buy. Yeah. She doesn't really buy Xbox games. She just like she's been playing Yakuza series on the Game Pass. She's been playing the she played the first Persona remake that came out. Now she's playing this Persona remake. Mm. So she's happy. So all I need to do is get her the S, the digital version, yeah. because she's only using it for Game Pass. So we're gonna I'm probably gonna trade in the one because I have a second one. Sure. I've got two. So I'm gonna trade one in and get a get a series. How S much would good. you get on a trade in for an Xbox One? I think. Uh, oh, uh, the one. X, I think you will get about two hundred bucks. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm just looking here and I, I'm seeing that it's seven ninety nine on Amazon. I don't know what it is on. This is the Xbox X Series X. That's what I'll eventually get. But uh, but yeah. I, I'm not going to get it yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. But, but listen, don't be afraid so. to buy second hand, though. Um, I suppose so. Yeah. You, you, there's the CEX shop. Yeah, where that's true. you can you can get. Um, Sometimes box, sometimes unbox. Yeah. 
um uh, those are usually the best quality ones because box obviously means almost brand new yeah unbox means brand new but no box and then uh discounted means um bit of damage or a bit of wear and tear right okay. uh, but um I actually, I don't know. I don't know if it is cheaper, but I, 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 I um, yeah, I'll, I'll bide my time for right now. But it's on. Don't worry, it's on the fucking agenda. And like, I might even just wait for a sale or something, you know, and just and swoop in. Like, you know, right now, right now, I'm okay. Like, this Rosa Ronan thing looks like something I'll definitely buy. Uh, obviously, yeah, Assassin's I'm Creed. I'm actually going to get it, but when it's on sale. <laughs> yeah, and Assassin's Creed Red, I'll definitely buy. You know, they're, they're, they're certainties. Outside of that, I'm still happily playing Baldur's Gate 3. I've barely I still think Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Red sounds like it should have been set in Russia. Yeah. Oh, because of communists. With, with, just with that name. Yeah, yeah. I think they could have made it a more Japanese name, you know, than Assassin's Creed. They could have called it Assassin's Creed Japan or Assassin's Creed Samurai or Assassin's Creed Ninja or something, you know? Oddly, Assassin's Creed Bushido or something like something, that. Something, like, yeah, like, something like when I think like, when, when I hear when I hear red, I don't think, oh yeah, that's definitely Japan, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway. Oh, probably the red dot, you know, the rising sun. Probably, um, yeah, but um, it's, yeah. it's not great. No, Assassin's Creed Rising Sun. That would have been pretty good, you know. Mm. That would have been yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Could have, could have, could have had the slogan from World War Two, you know the the old Japanese flag with the rays off it. You know, the, you know what I mean, like the sort of the more World War Two war one. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Actually, I would have fucking loved it because 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 what would have been hilarious is you would have got the the people being offended for the people who fought in World War Two, and, and obviously I'm a, obviously a big supporter of the troops, so. But you would have got the the outrage would have just been you know it would have been delicious to watch because then you would also get the subset that like you know the subsets that sort of try to wash away the sins of the past like you know the guys the the guys who are like um, offended by D and D Oriental Adventures they would probably find themselves in a sticky situation of standing up for the Rising Sun but at the same time you know it's like war crimes and stuff so they'd be find themselves in quite the moral quandary so that would be fun you know. The PC shock troops, man. Sometimes they rush in. They're not quite sure. It's funny. It's funny as a joke, but you, you wouldn't do that for a game set in feudal Japan. So it's just a joke. Like I mean, <laughs> I, I would I'd do it for cheap laughs. But well, why not? Like you could. Why not? Like it probably comes from feudal Japan, man. You know, originally. I think it's like their military thing. It was their military. Well, no, flag. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, it used to be called Land of the of rising the sun. Rising Sun, but yeah. that was yeah, that that didn't really. I don't think that was World War Two, but it's the same with the Schwarzenegger. Like, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't have its origins in I'm, Nazi Germany. I'm, I'm aware of that, Rich, but they did Nazis did kind of like popularize. But what I'm saying is that it's the same with the Rising Sun. It's it's probably something that started innocuously, sure. or as something else, and then got co-opted. Yeah, I just think it um, became the military um, flag or whatever, like, mm. during the, whatever you call it, like, the militarised Japan in, like, the 30s and into the World War Two. Like, it was, yeah, I'm sure it probably comes from their past of some sort, you know, and then it got massively, um, just became their symbol, you know, much like the fucking American flag was the American symbol, it was their symbol, it just turns out we won and they didn't, you know. You wouldn't know now, but uh, anyway, I would I would enjoy it just for the sheer the the outrage in the comment section, you know. <laughs> but instead, they went red, so they went sort of so shit 
they had all these cool options and they just went, you know what we're going to call it? Assassin's Creed Red. If I'd been in the meeting, yeah. I, would have, I would have just been like, uh, why are we happy with that? <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty lame. It's, yeah, it's it, you, you're just so determined because they don't want to be found out. Like, they don't want to call Assassin's Creed Ninja and get all the people saying, oh, Ninja's are racist, you know, that kind of thing. Like, why people can't play? Yeah, but also, I don't think you're playing... No, actually, you should be playing as a ninja if you're an assassin, Probably. shouldn't you? You should yeah. definitely not be playing as a samurai. I think you can play as a samurai and as a Bushido, whatever the Bushido is. I don't even know what a Bushido mm. is. What's a Bushido? That's, mm, that's not an assassin, though. What's a Bushido? Mm -mm. A swordsman? Bushido, I believe, is a is, is a martial art. Like, it's okay. a right. it's the sword. Like, it, it means... The, well, in the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you're a Viking, you know? Who who just does a bit of part time assass assassinating on the which side? Also, I'm, which again doesn't make sense to me either. But again, that's is uh, Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed. That well, make sense. in in that one, as I've said before on the show, the assassin stuff it's it's there, but it's way more of a side angle of the of the game. It's almost like the assassin set up a little embassy in the camp, and he sort of does missions for them. So his his link to the assassins is nowhere near as strong as some of the other games. You know. Like he's pretty. I much just think they should have had the guts starting with uh, with the Egypt one to start a new friend, a, a new franchise. I went back to the beginning, man. Origins. What are you talking about? I killed Caesar. No, I again. I think they should have been done with the Assassin's Creed IP. Wow, wow. And, uh, no, they still made those games, but actually called them something else. Like, but dude, we've had this discussion. The reason they don't abandon it is because it's so fucking popular. Yeah, but it's Ubisoft, mate. They don't need this. They're not some startup company. They don't need the Assassin's Creed to make it sell. It's Ubisoft. It should have been able. A new game should be able to sell on the Ubisoft name alone because of the success of Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Yeah, but game. like that's like saying this with Star Wars, like oh, they could just make a new movie, you know. But it's like they release shit under the Star Wars banner because the Star Wars no, banner but brings Star people. Wars is a massive galaxy. Assassin's Creed is mm. about assassins. <laughs> Who have a creed. And now you're running around as a fucking Viking. He does a bit of like, assassinating on the side. He does assassinating on the side. Yeah, but you've, they've lost the fucking plot, man. It, it, it's, it's not a coherent fucking story or history that they've super created in this world It's now. super coherent, uh, by which I mean I barely understand it. Um... Like, he goes, I mean, you want incoherent. Wait till he goes to Ragnarok. And then I'm just like, what the fuck's happening here? I don't even really understand what's going on at all. I, I was so confused by the ending of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I was just like, I don't even understand what just happened. You know, he's yeah. here. You know, it just made no sense to me at all. And I, But the game seems happy with it. It wraps it up with a bow and they're like, you're happy? And I'm like, I, I love the game, but I'm confused by the end. Um, <laughs> it's it, It's... I don't know, like, you know, take take it for what it is. Anyway, now, turning to turning to our second news item as we hit the 38-minute part of the show, uh, Hasbro is looking to sell the D&D IP and has had preliminary contact with Tencent to possibly buy it. Now, I did a little bit of research last night, by, by which I meant I read one article. Um, I heard that Larian Studios, which I believe did Baldur's Gate, Rich was involved at some point in the discussions and pulled out, allegedly due to lack of financing. Can you take us through this Tencent deal? And um, okay, so I've done a little bit more research than you. Good work, Rich. And uh, so the, uh, Hasbro has come out and they have denied 
this story, this article that they are looking to sell to Tencent. Now, some people have said, ha, ah, see, they're not, they're not looking to sell. They're happy with the DD. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, slow down. They didn't say they weren't selling. They said they're not selling to Tencent. Well, now, they're getting the price up there too, you know? Now, here's the thing. Mm. You say Larian was trying to buy That's or was looking to buy. Tencent actually owns yes. a share of Larian. Correct. So yes. uh, there's speculation that uh, Tencent wasn't actually trying to buy the D&D license. They were trying to buy the D&D, probably the video game license, just the license to the video that's game. Exactly that my, would have access to it. That's exactly what my um, article was going into. Yes, Tencent have some sort of ownership of Larian. And apparently, and I do, am no expert on this, but apparently... Whatever they video games wise they have, they license a lot of stuff, and mm. um, they have. According to this article, they have an issue with sometimes the scope of what they can do due to the fact they're only licensing from someone else, and what they really want is to own a property or the full rights to a property, so they can basically really monetize their video game wise and do whatever the fuck they want to do with it with a lot less restrictions than what they currently have. So apparently that's what made the D&D uh, franchise so uh, attractive, you know, because there's so much potential there. Um, mm. Anyway, hey, that's interesting. Now more into my actual research. So oh. people keep carrying on about whenever they talk about, like, but they go, oh, but D&D is more popular than it's ever been and they're making money and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it's like, yes, Hasbro does actually make money off, like, Transformers and... Mm. D&D uh, and all that sort of stuff. But you know where the problem is with Hasbro? Do you know why they're bleeding money? Why they're not like... I know toy sales are down. Ha yes, but what toy sales, Dave? Sorry, what do you mean? What? Disney. Star Wars. Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Marvel they make and... toys for them. Yeah. So all that money they're spending, all those toys, yeah. don't sell. Yeah, no, they've had real problems. They've had real problems. Recently, too. Recently. They've had some successes... Yeah. But so like, the, the success know. they have with the with the, the Transformers, mm. with the 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 D and all that means nothing when they bleed in money with the Disney uh, contract or whatever they have. Also, don't Disney. forget, don't forget that um the D and D uh, like toys from the movie they just bombed badly. So, you know, it, yes, across the board, the, uh, you know, I think the problem with that is D and D might be different. Uh, you you can't. I don't think you can approach D and D the same way as as Marvel or no, I agree. or Star Wars. I don't think D and D people are really interested in like figures from a movie and all that sort of stuff. I think because they create their own stories, their own characters. I don't necessarily think that they are really that. Uh, and I think about the movie the, figures. I agree. The the classic. Although I am the guy who just recently bought a Drix figure, which I love. Um, the, firstly, the D&D &D movie, uh, toys were pretty awful as well. Although that Venger one was good, which I almost got you. Um, and with the dragon, but I got you something else instead. But, um, so the toys weren't great. And also my memory of D&D, &D, you know where the real money for the collectors was in miniatures, like very detailed, expensive miniatures. That's actually a big market that D&D... &D hardcore fans love you know what i mean uh mm -hmm. like certainly it has been i don't, I don't you know yeah, those, those 
figurines and all that for the the the, the, yes, the board and the board, yeah, yeah, they love that the little painted miniatures, but yes. I don't think they're interested in fucking uh, Hasbro toys. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference between those miniatures, which are sort of quite elegant and um, weighty almost, you know, and they feel hefty, or just throwing them a very cheap figure and going, oh look, it's Chris Pine. It's like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. lame as fuck, you know, like. As someone who likes um, the six-inch figures, as, a, as shown by my fucking Marvel Legends and Joe classified line, those D&D figures were pretty lame, you know? So all I'm saying is, look, they bombed. The movie didn't do great, and the toys bombed. Um, Marvel Legends has been running so hot, but they put out so much product. And I was in JB Hi-Fi today... And you know Australian stores have a problem clearancing. They don't want to clearance shit until they absolutely have to. The clearances that were going on in the Marvel Legends, I've never seen before. They were slashing prices. And I looked through the things on offer. Uh, the, the Let me tell you, some of these figures, I didn't even know who they were. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, Marvel's Crossfire. And I'm like... Never heard of him. Looked kind of cool. The Marvel's who's he? What name? Yeah, like... And, but but he looked cool at least. Um, I almost got him because I'm such a fucking, you know, com, you know sucker. sucker. I didn't know because I'm like, David, you don't even know who he is. <laughs> I was like, you, like, you don't know who he is. And I put it down. But they did have... Um, so the Marvel Legends line has been really good for Hasbro. But yeah, it's definitely... Um, I think that they've just done so many waves that inevitably you run into waves where it's just like, who cares? Like, the Guardians figures just do not sell, you know? And, yeah, they've, they've definitely... I mean, it'd be, it, the, it'd be across the board. Like, Hasbro's been bleeding money, uh, I would say, what, for a year, Rich, would you say? Results have been down, profits have been down. I mean, they've laid off tons of uh, stuff. Well, they've been bleeding, I think, since... Um, Post-COVID? After COVID, yeah. Yeah. And it's ironic because, like, I've picked up some really good figures and their Geojo classified line's done well for them, but that's only a small segment of the market. Like, that's, you know, like, I, I would say they've got deeper problems across the board. Like, Transformers, I think, is one of their, you know, tent poles, which, which I think they rely on, and wisely so. But, yeah, their Black Series, um, Star Wars, I've never collected it. I still look at it every now and then and think that looks cool, but I don't need another line. But I don't know. You, you're a Star Wars guy. Those Black Series look cool to me. But I wonder if um, you know the audience just isn't. I mean, Mandalorian figures must have sold well. But what do you think the audience is like for Black Series now, Rich? Like, is it still I think there? It's far, I honestly think it is far less than what it uh, uh, it should be. Yeah. Um, because that's the see. That's the kind of the weird thing is that. Um, it always used to be more difficult to actually like um, get Star Wars toys, and especially to get them on special or like clearance or anything like that. Uh. It would have to be a really like uh, no one cares about character type of thing and all that. Sure, but Jesus, like now it's like the entire line yeah. is in the bargain bin at, at some point because it's just it's not moving, and I think it's because um, I just don't think people want to get invested anymore. Like. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a weird thing, but I feel like I, I don't know if people enjoy um, being fans right. of things anymore just because of 
I mean, you, I don't know. You see sometimes we report all the time of like some of the things that people say about the fans or the way they treat the fans or, you know, uh, you know, like, okay, well, I'll bring it up now. Uh, mm. You know, like the Halo showrunner basically has turned around, uh, you know, <laughs> after some of the people, you know, a lot of Halo fans said, you know, oh, it's not, you know, it's not Master Chief, you know, yeah. you should keep the mask on. And he basically showed and said, tough shit, get used to it. Yeah. He's not going to be having the helmet on. That's... Yeah, that, we that, that, that's about just, your feedback. We don't give a shit. That's what we're doing. Deal with it. Do, do, just get over it. Uh, but to, my response to him is like, you know, that's great to say that, but that was such a bad decision because even someone like me, who is not a Halo aficionado, I was kind of like, man, that's really going to... I could tell that's really going to piss the fans off. Like, why would you change something so fundamental to the very sort of show? But, the, but they also weren't shy about saying, oh, we didn't play the game... You know, we don't give a fuck about the game. Um, this is its own thing. And I'm like, well, that's exactly the wrong thing to say to the millions of Halo fans. <laughs> you know, like, what not to say? You know what I mean? Like, when you hop on board, let's say they tapped me and said, we're going to reboot Buffy or Angel, and we're going to do it for a new generation. And I got on there and go, you know what I really hate? The original Buffy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, fuck that, I'm not going to watch that shit. Um, and it's like, slow down. Like, you, you've been tapped to basically bring out what is, a, like, Halo. It's a very, you know, it's like a, a Microsoft tentpole game. They've done X many games. Millions of people have played it. People love it. Um, I would assume you could pretty easily do a fucking movie of a bit of the game. I, I imagine you could with lots of action and shit. And I watched that first season, and I was just like, I, "This doesn't feel like any Halo I've ever seen." You know? Well, it's funny to me because even like, okay, this show came out um, after Mandalorian, right? Yeah. So you might have said, "Oh, well, it's in production," but I'm like, "Yeah, but the Mandalorian did so well that mm. I feel like you had enough time to to change to to like not just go like, "Hey, hey, hey, keep all the scenes. We're still basically going to do most of the scenes, but just um, keep the helmet on." Like all those scenes that that we were going to shoot, just don't 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 take the helmet off. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally all you had to do. Yeah, because Mandalorian proved that people, if you write something good and you have an totally. interesting character, yeah. you don't have to see the face. Totally, yeah. It's a, it's a mystique thing as well. You know, it's it's like I don't know whatever they. I watched that show and Rich. I I don't think I'm going to watch season two because I just it was just. Firstly, I'm not the biggest Halo fan in the world, but I, I was hoping that it would actually be cool. Because sometimes you watch stuff that, you know, you don't know much about, and you're like, man, I really love this. It's cool. You know, like, I what I've seen of Halo from a distance has always looked cool to me. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And I just thought it was a really a really poor show. Like It, it looked expensive, like they'd been spending money like drunken sailors, but um, the quality of the show was way down there. So will you watch season two, Rich? No. Yeah. Me, me too, man. And just wrapping up on D and D, are you hopeful that I do hope that this ten cent gets the video rights? I mean, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? It's not like there's been tons of video games at D and D recently. Like Baldur's Gate three, it's fucking awesome. So you know, if they could pump out more stuff, it could be a real, real market. Well, put it this way: I, I don't believe Larry when they say like, "Oh, we've got our Divinity games, and we will." We want to keep doing that. We don't want the D and D license. I kind of go like, Bullshit. I don't believe you. I don't believe you because either. yes, your build, your your 
Divinity games have been somewhat popular, but they don't have the brand recognition that Dungeons and Dragons and Baldur's Gate does. No, exactly. And Baldur's Gate is is so hot. It's had such good reviews. I mean, so honestly, but like you've you've had Divinity games out, and they've been really good. I've played them, yeah. but not one of them was was nominated for a game of the year and was like the talk of the town exactly. for like an entire year. So, exactly. exactly. You know. Yeah. Well, Rich, I'm sure negotiations are going on behind closed doors as well. You know, like I'm sure Hasbro putting out... I have no doubt about that. Hasbro putting out those disclaimers is almost... And Hasbro lie in their statements all the time. Totally. Of course they do. Dude, they're a massive corporate that's bleeding money that wants to pump the price up as much as possible. So they're going to make every noise under the sun that they're ready to walk away from any deal until that number just keeps rising and rising and rising. And then they're like, oh, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, Mm. to me, it's a good deal. Like... You don't need to buy all of D and fucking D, but if you buy the video game license and you're given free reign for, like, say, 10 years, um, I think it could be very interesting what they could come up with. Well, let's face it, they hit it out of the park with Baldur's Gate 3, so to me, it's like there's plenty of stories you can tell in Dungeons & Dragons, you know? There's a lot, of, yeah, lot, of, lot of room to work. And I don't feel it's been over-tapped. Like, you know, this is the first game that's come out in ages and it's been such a big hit. Now, uh, you've got a new section, Rich, and I'll give you a little uh, sound uh, for it as well. Rich's Thought Bubble. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just wanted to think because uh, sometimes I just, like, I I see something online or whatever, and then I just have this random mm. thought. What happened? And then I'm like, you know what, I should, just, I should write it down when I have a random thought. So I saw a promotional for this new uh, X-Men character called Maystorm. What's it called? Baystorm. No, May. Maystorm. Maystorm. So she's called called Maystorm, and um, I was just looking at her design, and then I think Armour, the picture I saw, Armour was behind her. Uh-huh. And the way they were dressed, I was like, I just told myself, I think X-Men should just rebrand the X-Men, uh, uh, Marvel should just rebrand the X-Men to either X-Millennials uh-huh. or Z-Men. Because uh-huh. everything today just looks so millennial What's it or called? Gen Z Maystorm. that it's fucking painful. Is it Maystorm? Yeah, Maystorm, I think she's called. That's I'm her not, name. M-A-Y-S-T-O-R-M-E. I think I'm not coming out with anything. My, oh, no, hold on. The, no, I am. I am. There's a, it's a new one. It's a new one. I think one. it's uh, X-Men Ultimate or something like that. But Right. Peaches, um, whatever her name is, who does all the yeah. sort of cutesy well, I just looked stuff. at that and I said I saw a picture and it was, I think it was the cover for the next one and Armour was behind her and Armour was oh. also like dressed very like fucking, I don't know, millennial. Or whatever. I'm looking at this picture. Oh, it's just so painfully like... Gen Gen Z and you know yeah. uh, millennial. It's, it's like, very it's like so it's yeah. Where's it's, the where's the costumes, man? Where's the where's the spandex? Well, this is the new. The, these are the kids today, man. You know, in, apparently, uh, you know, according to the the comic book creators. Yeah, because, she's in the ultimate ultimate. But so here's here's the problem. Like, and, and this is my issue. I feel where I, this is what I think. This is why I think that they're wrong, mm. right? Because I've always seen X-Men as superheroes mm. with um, uh, uh, daytime drama elements. Sure. Soap opera. Right? Yeah, yeah. Very like soap opera. But, but costumes first. That's why they had costumes. They fought whatever. But they had the secondary element of this very like soap opera yeah. sort of sto- storytelling, right? Yeah. The problem is, is once you get rid of the costumes, mm. then it just becomes soap opera mm. with some powers. Yeah. Do you sure. know what I mean? Like the, 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 it's reversed now. 
So where it was costume first, like yeah. superhero first, daytime drama second, it's now fucking full daytime drama, oh, yeah. powers, and superhero second. And I think um, Peaches, Makamo, whatever her name is, she does a very sort of like anime-inspired version of X-Men. I think that's uh, a whole Tell thing. me what young artists fucking working in comics isn't like anime-inspired now, honestly. And I, this is coming from me. i got nothing against anime. Except for all these Western-inspired artists who well, fucking. She is Japanese. She is comics. Japanese American. So. Yeah, but it's it's all, like it's all in, in yeah, American I, comics now. I know it is, man, and and I roll my eyes. As, and sometimes I think it ruins potentially good stories. Like you know how much I love Jerry Duggan's work, and I know he's done some X Men. And I went to look at the X Men, and the art that I looked at was very much like that. It was that sort of very. I don't know how to describe it. Like, what I imagine, what I imagine, and I don't know if they really do, like the anime sort of style, trying to go for what the kids of today are doing. And it was a, it was just a very different art style to what I would imagine for X-Men. And it just, and I just couldn't read it. I was just like, I can't be bothered reading this because the art's just, it's just so alien to me, you know? And they're like, oh, that's, you know, well, they're going off the kids. I'm like, yeah, but it's not selling, you know? Like, it's not, like, it's not selling, so... How successful is it really? If you're trying to ape something else, I understand that. But you're not succeeding in terms of sales. And Jerry Duggan's a good writer, so I imagine the story's actually mm. pretty good. But like, what, based on the artwork I saw, it was just like, this ain't for me. You know? This is, you know... And maybe uh, at some point I'll come back and revisit it, because I... But it just seemed like what they were shooting for was just so far away from what I would consider X-Men. You know? And... You know, it's I, always. I, I, I and it's always like you, you're they're... old. You're you're old. We don't want you. Fuck you. It's like yeah, but the kids ain't buying it either. You know, like it's barely shifting off the shelves. What? Okay, but this okay, but this is what annoys me. I didn't get into X Men as an old man. Yeah. I got into X Men as a youngster. Yeah. When it was superhero first, daytime drama second. Yeah, me too. As yeah. a kid, that's what drew me to it. Yeah. The problem is. Right now, I don't, I don't know why a kid would be attracted to this. Yeah, I don't know. It's like if you went and saw the movies, and like the comics are just so different as well. Like it's not like you know what I mean. It's not like the movies, in my mind, are similar to what these comics are like. It's, it's. I, I just find the whole thing perplexing, to be honest. And I think Marvel, you know, in fairness to them, are probably floundering. Like we take shots at the fat fool that is Brevoard and his fat clone Akira Yoshida, but these guys aren't clever enough. Like, they're floundering. You know, they know that whatever they're doing is not working. Like, in their heart of hearts, they know it's not working, but they don't have the answer. And, you know, so they... Well, what's selling? Manga. Everyone knows that. Let's just do that And, and in X-Men. Like, you know, that's... Like, it's an easy answer and, you know, potentially um, could work, but... I think the problem is they've done it to everything. They've, you know, when I pick up the books, I'm like, man, this art sucks. You know, like it just sucks. And some of the story pictures, like the, the, the pictures for the story, like the summarizations, sound cool. I'm like, well, that sounds cool. And then I, I open it up and I'm like, wow, what a slap in the face. You know? <laughs> like, and that's the problem. Like, I, I've always said they need a more balanced line. Their, their line is completely, at the moment, totally unbalanced because they've got this shit coming out um you know weekly which not many people are buying 
And then they've got, like, their fucking trades are dialing right into us, Rich. Their, their trades and their epic collections and their omnis, they're going after us, you know, our dollars. They're like, fuck, we know what's actually selling. So they actually know. They've got the numbers. And they're not shy. It's a lot of 80s and 90s, like, epic collections that they're just pumping out, Rich, you know? Because they know there's a lot of fans out there, you know, a lot of people, you know, collections from fucking 20, 30 years ago. Of course they've fucking lost those issues, but can I buy an epic collection today? Sweet, bring it on. And so they're not altogether stupid. They know what's selling trade-wise, Marvel. Like, they're, you know, it's you look at it in the stores and you can see it, but in terms of their weekly output, yeah, they, but, they are floundering. But, but the problem is, I don't believe they're stupid, Dave, but I also believe that they've painted themselves into a corner. Mm. So because of the rhetoric and the, such a, a big deal they made about, you know, you know, oh, we're reducing the white men and, you know, we're giving no. voices, you, you can't go backwards. Like, once you've made that such a big deal, yeah. like, as I said, it's like, let's say you hate someone and you call them a Nazi, right? And you let everyone know that they're a Nazi, but then you turn around and say, oh, shit, I need to work with this person. <laughs> yeah. Then people go, but hang on a second, you're yeah. working with a Nazi. You said they were a Nazi. So you, you're now working with a Nazi. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's certain things where you paint yourself in a corner where you can't put it back. You can't... Yeah, true. You know what I mean? You can't go backwards. Yeah, true. Well... You know, like, I, I hate to say it, but I don't mind watching them fail as well. Like, I don't give a fuck that much. Like, you look at some of the clowns well, that had running the joint, you know, really. I'll be honest with you, Dave. Like, except for the stuff that we read for the show, mm. I barely read that much comics anymore. Yeah. Like, it's, compared to what I used to, it's sure. a fraction. Yeah, man. That's it, dude. That's it. But, hey, we keep you connected with the show, man. We we pick out plenty of classics for you too, Rich. So it's not all that it's not all that hard work. And I, I, I enjoy most of it, you know. And yeah. even sometimes when I'm bush harsh, I still generally have a good time. But yeah. I, I I'm just not that. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not that like oh my god, I can't like I'm looking for the next bit. I'm like almost like I oh, dude, I I hundred percent agree. Well, I've said it many times. There is good stuff out there, but you've really got to sift and look and 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 be selective and even then there's still a bit of luck. Like, the baseline for what is a standard good big two book has dramatically decreased in the last, I would say, 10 years, like, mm. quite radically as well. Quite radically. And, and I can barely know, read anything new. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the new product yeah. that's coming out. That's oh, yeah, there's I a lot of shit. I can barely, barely. Yeah, well, well... Our old favourite Tom Brevoort's going over to do X Men, so fuck knows what yeah. he's going to well, do. I, that's why I'm really hoping that this uh, um, Jeff John stuff is good, because sure. at least that that could be a few comics that I look forward to reading. Hundred percent. You know, like every week or month, whenever they come out. Like I'm praying because I've got nothing now, man. Uh, Pride of the Dark Gods, rich with me. You know, yeah, dude. There's nothing modern I'm reading. Ab abandon your god of light. Come to the dark side. Let the hate flow through you, you know. All Maybe. right, pelps. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Have I ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis? Um, okay. <laughs> now, um, you did it. <laughs> um, single abductions. So I bit the bullet. I'm so proud of myself. The Incredible Hulk series on Blu-ray. I had it in my cart on Amazon, and. It was like, you know, whatever it was, 120. I came back the next day and it dropped down below 100. It was like 93 
and I was, you know how Amazon, it fluctuates sometimes, like the price, and I'd done nothing other than just forgot to buy it, <laughs> basically. Oh, my God, really? Fell, well, no, I had it in my cart, and then I basically fell asleep. I woke up, and it, it, it slashed down, like, you know, a good 25 bucks, and I was just like, purchase. And I, Yeah, so that's coming in. Um, and I also received my ultimate Captain America Marvel Legends figure, which I love. You know, remember the ultimate Captain America from the Ultimates? Mm-hmm. I, I love that figure. He's just a slight variation on the normal cap, but I've got a really good 60th anniversary cap. Like, it's the pure classic classic. And he's similar, but it's a nice counterpoint, you know. And uh, my Secret Wars Omni has arrived. Um, I want to do Secret Wars... We're going to get Tash on a little bit more. And shout out to Tash, by the way, who's recovering from knee surgery. Uh, she's going to be on next week. We're going to be doing Iron Man. And she's only just had the surgery, so I do want to do a shout out to her because I know she'll be listening. Um, and I'm strongly telling her she's got to watch, or she's got to read the original Secret Wars. So I'm thinking down the track um, when we have her on, uh, you know, another time after the Iron Man one, we'll do Secret Wars, which we've done before on the show, but I'm happy to do it again, you know? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. How, where do you rate Secret Wars out of 10, Rich? Because I'm giving it a 10. I love it. Uh, I think we've had this discussion. You're not going to be happy, so maybe I'll just keep it to yeah, myself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. No one wants to hear it. It's Elvis again not getting in the Rock and Roll Hall it's of Fame. It's, it's not a low score, but like it's a 7.5. I'll take that from you. Jesus. That's, that's, that's better than I expected. And final uh, purchase was I, I finally picked up on massive clearance the Gwenpool Omni which I've been talking about for about two years. And I walked into the store, and there it was. There it was. It literally slashed, slashed down, slashed down in plastic packaging, and Davey just picked it up, and he walked out proudly. That Gwenpool Ominous has probably been there for three years, and I just waited, Rich. I just was patient. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was just... I, like... You, you, you know, you get those books where you're just like, I refuse to pay what you're asking me, but I want it, you know? And I really did want it. I love yeah, Gwen. It's me on a lot of things, bro. Yeah, I love Gwenpool. I really do, but I just didn't want to pay the super inflated price. And then I saw it, they'd slashed it down. They were trying to clearance it, and I was like, yeah, finally. We're, we, we, we've met on the price tag. Now, what about you, Rich? Any any abductions this week? Uh, No. Nothing at all. Uh, now, Michael Kellishim wrote in, he had some. Arak, Son of Thunder, which we did three issues of. Um, it's some single issues of an early 80s DC comic by Roy Thomas, a Conan-style fantasy about a Native American warrior who was raised by Vikings, roaming in medieval Europe filled with magic monsters and the remnants of the Greek gods. It's like Roy Thomas went back in time to write this, especially for Dave. And yes, based on that pitch, it is awesome. We will cover the actual issues in the show. We did the first three. Uh, by the way, I, I certainly did enjoy it. But I'm oh, sorry, I only did two. Hey? Well, that's okay, Rich. Um, so you missed out of the one where he fights the Iron Maiden. Um, and then he also picked up Batman Nightfall, Volume 3 in trade. Most stores only carry Volumes 1 and 3. This is the first time I've ever seen Volumes 1 and 2. They normally carry the first time he's ever seen Volume 3. Bought it new from Ollie's for a whopping $6, which is great. Ollie's in the States is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, the fucking Volume 3, I think, is where it all wraps up. That's great. That's the great one, where he, he goes back and he beats Azrael. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and he beats Bane in the rematch as well. So, yeah. Um, now, Richard, I have a review a review this week, and it's probably Lucky Tash is in here. So, <laughs> I said, so, I, so I said... You have the floor, sir. 
Well, I sat down with Michelle. Oh, Tash, you might want to just, uh, if you are listening, just skip ahead. Yeah, we love you, Tash. Don't don't take it too personally. Um, yeah, look. So I sat down to watch the Marvels with Michelle. We put it on. Um, I sort of said to her, look, at the end of it, there's the Beast cameo. So we, we're going to make it, you know? And that's what I want to see, really. Wow. What a fucking chore. This is a... I was writing as I was watching. This is a really poor movie, even by mid-tier Marvel slash DC standards. The acting of the villain chick is so, so bad. It's, well, I told you was uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston's wife, I believe. Well, she can't act to save a life. She's actually terrible. Um, you're really bad. Uh, it was like she'd never acted, actually. It was like, to me... Uh, Kimela Karnak. Well, she, I, I don't know if I've. I, is she from anything? Because I've never seen her in anything before this movie. Neither have I. But she was awful. Um, Kimela Khan actress was decent. The story is paper thin. The story is actually like a fever dream. It's so fucking all over the place and nonsensical. And I know that they go, oh, it's light and wacky. It's it's certainly wacky. I'll give it that much. Um, this is the kind of movie mainstream movie fans will openly cite as the shallow, meaningless of Marvel movies. This is the movie that's the example of the, their thin, paper-thin shit, you know? Like, I wouldn't even... I'd actually say... You know how normally we're like, oh, it was very formulaic? I would actually say that it wasn't actually as formulaic, but it was terrible. It was like... It was m- way more of a... Um, well, Michelle said, I think they tried to do a bit of Bollywood in Bollywood via Hollywood, if you know what I mean. Like their fucking version of what they think Bollywood is um, in a weird way. It didn't work. It was awful. Um, the black, sulky Captain Marvel is an absolute zero of a character. And it just so forget all she does is sulk, Rich. Imagine, a, imagine just a character who sulks. That's her. Uh, Brie Larson was okay. I wonder if she should have had a far less cluttered movie. I know the theory was there was the backlash on Brie Larson. We all we all know it. we don't need to relive it. But by throwing in all these other people, it was almost like they just had three just turds and just were hoping put it all together would be something better. But they jam packed her movie of so much random shit that it was just like she was lost in the shuffle. Um, Nick Fury. <laughs> lowest moment ever in this film. He has never been more ineffectual and less Nick Fury-like um, ever. He's he's a comedic kind of foil almost. Like, he's just so lightweight. Uh, and I just thought Samuel L. Jackson, easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen him in. Easy, like, easily. And I just hope he was paid plenty of money for this because it was a complete loss of face for him. Um... It was awful. Um, like, a couple of times I thought the movie was going to get slightly better and then you have this really bad scene, and, it's, and it is really bad, where they go to a planet... Look, spoilers for a movie that fucking is, is terrible, which I actually almost don't advise you watch, but um, where everyone sings. So there's this sequence where they go to this planet. The whole movie's full of little sort of, like, vignettes because it doesn't really have much of a story at all. And they go to this planet where she's got Captain Marvel's got a marriage of convenience with the guy, blah blah blah. Everyone sings in the planet, like that's how they communicate, Rich, by like sort of musical singing. If you know in musicals where they sort of sing the conversation, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I know like, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's that, and it's terrible. And Michelle's mother, 
I had the movie the week before. Um, I got her the movie, and then she watched it, and I said, what was it like, Marie? And she was like, it was really bad. She's like, it was really bad. But she said there's this really scene where it's just beyond bad. Like, it just goes, if the movie was at bottom, it's some it found further down. She said it's so bad, and she sort of briefly told me the scene. When the scene came, two minutes into it, I said, your mother was 100, 1,000% right. This is actually in a bad movie, a particularly bad scene, and it just drags on and on. It was just... There's almost no let-up for it. It's just all the way bad, and it's variations on bad. There's a couple of moments where you're like, oh, it's okay to be better, but it's got a really bad start, like first act, and it never recovers. Uh, the thing with the singing people, two-thirds of the way in just kills it. Um, it's, it's, it's awful. I, I, I would give it a two out of ten. And you know it's and and it's actually look the black captain marvel is terrible and the acting of that woman is just barely there brie larson isn't the problem uh, she she's you know there's a million things wrong with this movie and camilla khan is probably the best thing in the movie the actress i mean she gives it a bit of life but she's working with dead material it, it is actually just a really poor movie i'm surprised i'm not surprised at the hate but this is one time where i often find the internet overreacts I feel this time it was on the money. You know, the, the overwhelming, the fact it bombed at the overwhelming negative praise, whether that's a fluke or not, I think it was actually right. This is one of the worst Marvel movies, probably the worst I've seen. People say, Ray, Ray said to me, what about compare it to um, Ant-Man 3? Ant-Man 3 is a better movie than this, and it's not a great movie either. Like, but it's, it, it's a more entertaining movie it's not great i mean it's barely a five but it's better than two um <laughs> well, it's funny you say two because it's like which one of these number twos is better yeah like i'm not out here to defend ant-man three it's a pretty poor movie but it's definitely better than this by some margin black panther wakanda forever i thought was incredibly fucking boring but it, that's probably a 3.5 or a four this is a two so even amongst other what i would consider duds you know, I'd give Ant-Man 3, if I'm generous, a 5.5. You know, it's probably more of a 5. Um, and I'd give Wakanda Forever probably 4 or a 4.5. You know, and this is a 2. This is this is as bad as it gets. I can't think, unless I'm rem forgetting a movie, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, Ray said to me, I don't like it all either. Um, and I was more disappointed with that movie because obviously I like Thor a lot more and I like the, you know, the... God Butcher's storyline in the comics, you know, that's probably a 3 or a 3.5. Um, this is somehow worse than all of those, and none of those, as you can tell, do I really like either. So Marvel have really kind of shit the bed recently, like with this string of just bad movies that I think the market has caught up to them. I can see why this movie bombed. Um, I think it was lucky to make as much as it made. I think that's just the Marvel, you know, tag. And it's not the like it's not like people can point at Brie Larson and the woman who or the girl who plays Kimala Khan. They're they're not the biggest problem. It's a terribly directed, terribly written. It's almost like a fever dream. It's honestly so nonsensical and so shit, and it's so cluttered. Like you did not need the Black Captain Marvel. I do not understand what that character even did. You know, she was there. That was it. And at the end, she winds up in the other dimension, uh, other universe, and the only fucking oh. moment that I liked, the only moment, 
was the Beast. He looks awesome. He looks so much like the comic book Beast. Like, so, and I'm not including that in my score because that was a long slog to get there. Michelle and I paused and we're like, oh, God, there's an hour to go of this shit, you know? And believe you me, Michelle is not one of those people who's, you know, she'll have her own opinion. I always say at the end of every film, oh, what do you think? You know, before I give my opinion, what do you think? Give it a score. She hated this movie. Well, we, we, both of us were just sitting there just, just going, how, the, I actually said this is probably as bad as these movies can get. At one point, there was one scene where I was like, I think we've actually hit rock bottom, you know? Like, you know. Yeah, well, it's funny because I think um, <laughs> one of the funny lines, and this is where I think sometimes um, it just shows you how maybe inexperienced or, mm. or or something that the writers are. There's a, uh, I think there's a moment in the scene where uh, the, 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 Rambo mm. is explaining their powers and she's like you can absorb light you can manipulate light and I can see light and it's like we can all see light like yeah. that's how light works dude I didn't even I- understand like at one point like the whole thing of it is like it's actually a decent idea the whole thing of it is that they interchange their powers like so if Captain Marvel uses a power she swaps places with Ms. Marvel if she uses a power, swaps yeah, places. No, I get that, which they didn't even really use to. It's uh, they, they had no. a, what, a little montage for the, five uh, seconds and then all of a sudden they, that's not a thing, a problem anymore. Dude, good luck understanding how that actually works because it seems sometimes to work and then sometimes it doesn't. And Michelle goes, oh, I think it's if they use them at the same time. And I'm like, right, okay. Like, what? You, you know, like it mm. doesn't. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they get to a part where you're like, oh, we fixed it, you know, we don't have that problem anymore. But it's shit. And oh, the part where Captain, not Captain, what's his name? Nick Fury said black girl magic or something. And I was just like, oh, God, kill yeah. me. And I remembered you'd pointed that out once years ago, like mm-hmm. a year ago. And when I heard that in the film, I was just, I just groaned. I was like, Samuel Jackson. Wow, I hope the paycheck was substantial, man, because this was this was well, for all the people who complained about Secret Invasion, this was fucking worse somehow. You know, this was even like Secret Invasion sucked. Don't get me wrong, but it was a fucking, you know, it was the fucking uh casino or mean street. Yeah, it was yeah, it was like it was like it was like heat or something. Schindler's list compared to this. Like this made mediocre movies look great. This was as this was a purely, I mean, yeah, it was the, it was maybe the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. And people will say, "Oh, what about Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance?" I'd watch that in a fucking heartbeat over this. What about the Phantom? I'd watch the Phantom in a heartbeat over this shit. Like this was just shit. And like I say, the Camilla Khan actress, she, she was fine. You know, really, honestly, if anything, she's probably the best thing in the whole movie. Um... And Brie Larson was was fine. She she's in a bad film, man. You know what I mean? Like she's she's really in a bad movie, and and she's got no way out of it. Like she can't do it on personality. She's she's a pretty limited actor. Um, As I said, the, okay. Here's my this is my theory, and I apologise, Tash, if you're still listening at this point. Poor Tash. Um, I I don't rate Brie Larson's acting. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Samuel Jackson was brought into the first movie. Mm. Um, and it's why I think that they brought the other two into this one as well. 
because they were like, well, we can't use Sam as much again, right? Because mm. that was in the past and things have changed and he's an old man, all this sort of shit. And I just don't think she has the charisma yeah. to, to, to honestly carry a movie like this. I think she's fine when she does smaller movies mm. that are a little bit maybe more realistic, you know, more down to earth sort of thing. Mm. But I don't believe she has the believability and the charisma to, to do it in this sort of mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and that's why her two movies had big supporting costs. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah, uh, she, she, she's okay in this. Like, she's, she's got some moments, but it, it, it's a very cluttered movie too. Like, I don't think anyone really could have, no one person acting could have fixed this because the move, the whole movie's a mess. You know, it's a mess. Like, she's not great. You know, she's no, but like. Like a lot of these actors, I don't think they're that fantastic. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're, 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 they are what they are. They're delivering some lines. That's that's what she sort of does. Like, she's okay. But the amount of things that this movie had against it was just so striking. Like, it had a terrible script, awful direction, and just non it was nonsensical like honestly like i don't even know where i'm finding my two points because it was a fucking chore you know and and, and ray was talking to me afterwards and, and he's got like some list where um you know it's 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 all like uh you know basically like um how can i say he, he's trying to keep up with stuff you know and i said ray like honestly i'm past the point of giving a shit about keeping up like i'll watch them you know, when they hit, they hit the streaming and stuff. But, like, honestly, like, they've killed the interest due to poor movies. Like, I'm not hanging out. Oh, the only thing I was looking forward to was Beast, you know, which is a throwaway cameo at the end. And, you know, the rest of it was just, just shit, basically. Like, like they're going to have to do it, try a lot harder to get me actually excited, you know? Like, if you said to me a new X-Men movie's coming and Fantastic Four and stuff, yeah, I'm invested, you know, and I hope it's all good, but... This kind of shit is just a massive minus, basically. You know? Yeah. Again, I... I yeah. yeah. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue against it. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, that's where we are uh, with all that stuff. And, you know, watch this space. Now, um, X-Men 97 will supposedly debut in mid to late March on Disney+. Plus. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, I don't fuck it up. Oh, apparently, it's going to continuation of the whole, the whole thing to do with um, from the X Men animated series. Like, it's going to continue on. It's going to bring in a lot of more side characters. You know. Yeah. Well, it's it's supposed to start exactly where the um, the nineties one left off. That's why it's yeah. called ninety seven. Where did the ninety seven? Where did the other one leave off? I don't remember. So that's, I believe, where Charles goes into space with Liara, and oh. Magneto takes over as the. Really. Yeah. Cool. If I remember correctly. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. God, they can. I'm sure they can do a really good job. Like basically, like I'm, I'm looking super forward to it. I I hope it runs and runs, man, to be honest. I picked up the Wolverine, Magneto, the Bishop, and the Storm from the X-Men 97 line that came out. Legends. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, man. Um, Brad Pitt. I actually have some original toys from there, and I've got a Gambit and a Bishop. Lovely. There you go. 
That's a good. And by the way, they are massive. They, they, as toys, because remember that's the funny thing. Toys back in the day were much bigger. Yeah. Than like toys now. So these things are. Oh geez. I'd, I'd probably say they're probably about. Sorry, I only deal in centimeters. So any listeners who deal in inches and all that, I apologize. Mm. Um, it's probably like a good forty centimeters high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much? Forty centimeters. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's really Impressive. good. Yeah. Okay, Rich. Brad Pitt will be in Tarantino's final film. Do we know any details of this movie? No, no details whatsoever. Oh. So how do we even know that? So it's, uh, it was just in the news today. Well, apparently, well, no one knows what it is, but uh, Tarantino has said that uh, Mr. Pity Pitt will be in it. What's he been in? He was in Inglorious Bastards, and he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time, yeah. He was good in those. Both of those, he was very good. I loved mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I wonder, do we do we know anything about time period or anything that's going to be set in? Well, we don't even know if he's the main character. He could just be yeah. uh, a, a supporting character or, like, that's the thing. We just know that he's, Tarantino uh, said he's going to be in it. I'm not sure that he's the star of it. Well, once upon a time in Hollywood, it was kind of a two-handed with him and Leo, wasn't it? Well, I'd say that Leo was... Oh, it's actually hard. They were almost both yeah. lead and, and supporting at the same time. Yeah, it was definitely. very interesting. Well, it's called a two-hander when you do that, um, where you have two leads, basically. Um, yeah, interchanging kind of thing. Various parts of the movie where one of them becomes a lead, one becomes a supporting, and then the movie, you know, it flips. Yeah. Like, yeah. Although, I, for me, I must say, I always felt that Brad was more of the main character. Hmm. Probably. Yeah. He was the more down to earth character, you know? Well, I just feel we also followed him more. Hmm. Um, I agree. Uh, uh, than the Leo. Like, because can we get it's almost like. Uh, Leo didn't actually have that many scenes by himself. Whereas no. I think Pitt had way more scenes by himself. I feel like he had more screen time and more lines, you know? Yeah. Um, now, Supergirl is now an Aussie. Australian actress Millie Alcock has been cast to play Supergirl in the Gun DCU. Her claim to fame is season one as the of the House of the Dragon. She plays the young queen, the cousin of Matt Smith. She, they age her up as the series goes on, but she's like at least for about five episodes... Um, she's an odd-looking character, um, I would say. Um, she's quite mm-hmm. a de- she's a decent actress, I would say. Uh, she did okay in House of the Dragon, I thought. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, she was all right. Like you know, honestly, like she was fine. Um, not not uh, it wouldn't be my choice for Supergirl. No, no, it wouldn't be mine either. I mean, when I see, I don't. It doesn't scream Supergirl to me. Um, she almost looks a bit albino, you know. Definitely yeah, she's got an odd look about her. Um, now, Mitch uh, said this to me. There's going to be a theme cruise. So, like, Comic-Con theme cruise. So, imagine Comic-Con, but on a cruise, Rich. Ugh, is this is this all your dreams come true? Well, if it means I can throw people overboard, maybe. <laughs> you would... Look, I think it would be fun for a one-off. You know, like, it would be interesting to see what kind of crowd that attracts. Because it could attract a lot of normies who are just out to get booze 
you know, and are hoping for the hot chicks who can cosplay kind of thing, you know? Um, let's see. Celebrities already signed up to attend include Star Trek legend George Takai, Ghostbuster Ernie Hudson, two-time Academy Award nominee Mary McDonnell. Do we know who she is? No. And Star Wars... God, fucking Willow Star Warwick Davis. Jesus. None of these people are floating my boat, I can tell you that much. Like, that's, to me, three annoying guests. George Takai, I like Eddie Hudson... But I find George Takai kind of annoying, and i certainly not going to be that interested in anything Warwick Davis has got to say. Um, yeah, it's going to depart Tampa, Florida, Feb 5, 2025, and sail to Cozumel, Mexico, on Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas. The ship is reserved exclusively for Comic-Con travellers. Berths are available now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Rich? You going? Pass. Big pass? Yeah. I would have gone on the Kiss cruise where Kiss did the, you know, they did the cruise tours. I always thought that looked like fun. You get you get to see Kiss like play every night and stuff. Like to me, that was that looked like a lot of fun. Um, you know, and I'm not the world's biggest Kiss fan, but I but I, I reckon that would have been a fun cruise. You know, like you, oh you, yeah, I mean yeah. Look, I mean I suppose a lot of cruises have the potential to be like fun. I just don't know about it. I don't know. I don't know about a Comic Con cruise. It's just weird. Well, you know that they're gonna forget about good deals. They're gonna fucking rape you in terms of charges. Yeah, well, where else are you gonna go? Exactly. <laughs> they're gonna be like, it's it's like I tell you who would love it the vendors because they're like, oh, back again. Yeah, we pumped the prices up. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want it, it's going down in price. It's a fucking wartime economy. Yeah, things are getting more expensive the further we get out to sea. It's funny, isn't it? Grab it before the pirates do. Yeah, uh, imagine if there was a piracy incident. Someone, you know. Uh, what I do imagine is you'd have some whales there with some big money, you know. Um, you could have some fat cats. But, like, their, their, their guest list isn't exactly awesome. Ernie Hudson, George Takai, and Warwick Davies. Like, I'm like, wow, like, leftovers. You know, where's your boy, Nathan Fillion? I would have thought they would have got someone like him, someone who's actually, you know, kind of more current. And beloved by the um, the fan base, you know? Yes, not. Pump some big dollars in, into his bank account. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, or that fucking guy who plays Shazam, you know, who's also beloved by the fans. You need someone like George Takai, like yesterday's news. Ernie Hudson, yeah, he's okay. And Warwick Davies. Like, it, to me, that's three of the same kind of person. You know, that's not enough cross-section. That's... Yeah, but the... You know, the- the problem is, is that's who you get when you can't get anyone else. Like, no offense. Like, sure. George Takai, that's the guy you get when you're like, no one else wants to do this. Yeah, exactly. I, I know, yeah. He, he, he'll turn up He'll turn up to anything. You know, if he hears there's $5 there, he'll he'll be there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that Shatner's not there. Exactly, yeah. But, like, um, no, I think that they... Look, I, I've got no problems with the idea because I think it's a cool idea. Um... I do think if you're serious, you want to get some better people than that, you know, um, at least one better person who's, you know, of genuine stature, like, because money talks, and I imagine it'll be quite an expensive cruise, you know, cruises are always a bit, little pricey, and, and they're a lot of fun, like, I've got, I've got no problems with the idea, I, if you had a good guest list, it's something that I would try to get Michelle to go to, she probably would never do it in a million years, but in my mythical land of, you know, 
let's imagine. Um, I wouldn't be totally against it, but you'd want to go on with deep pockets, you know? Because it would all be sell, sell, sell. Like, I reckon you'd have vendors there with, like, real classic items and, and looking to pay, like, you know, maybe double what they would normally get on dry land, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you definitely want to take your best shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be a real... That's what I'm saying. If you go to this cruise, bring your fucking, you know, bring deep pockets. Be prepared to play with the whales, you know? And yeah, and also bring an empty suitcase because... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. But, um... but, like, but would it be so bad you're kicking back? I, I quite like a cruise. You're kicking back on the deck, you're sipping Mai Tais, margaritas, or flying pina coladas, and then you go in. And, yeah, no one wants to see George Takai, but imagine you had some better guests. Get a bit loaded. Listen to fucking some of these idiots. Like you know, longer than they're normal. Because I always do feel this is just my personal opinion. I I feel the comic cons they rip the fuck out of you for like those Q and As are so fucking poor. You know, forty five minutes really once you cut down all the interruptions and shit to see someone speak. It's it's not a lot of time. You know what I mean for the amount of hype. That like we, I loved it when we went and saw Patrick Stewart. I loved it, but I could have done with two hours of him, you know. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to say. I I feel like nothing against him because it's you know it's the whole system. But like, really, you're seeing a small bit of them. Like I don't really feel like Patrick Stewart. He he has to roll on. He does. You know, he's a trained Shakespearean actor. Him doing 45 minutes to a crowd of salivating fans. It's almost as easy for him as as blinking. You know. And then he gets off stage and that's it, he's done. Um, yeah. And whereas I feel if you're on a cruise, if you've got someone like Patrick Stewart, you, you could, you could, he could do more, you know, they'd obviously pay him a lot of money, but he could do sort of more, he could daily or every couple of days, like do a thing. Like, I, I feel like you'd get a bit more value for your money from these people because they're on the fucking cruise. What else have they got to do, you know? So that's where I'm coming from. Like, if you got someone... Yeah, but- Sure, but at the same time, if you go there and it's absolutely shit and you're having an unpleasant time, good luck to you. Well, it's a cruise. At the end of the day, you can just drink and fucking just party and, you know, like yeah, but whatever. Yeah, you can't leave. You can't you leave, can't but that's just... every cruise, man. That's every cruise, dude. Like, if you're going to nice destinations, you, you let's just assume that the comic okay, comes. Hang on. I, I get what you're saying, but the difference is when you go on a cruise, you're going on a cruise. Yeah. Here, you're going for the Comic-Con. Yeah, I guess. So it's, you can be so surrounded by fucking is, If you're going for the cruise slash Comic-Con and you're not enjoying the Comic-Con, well, there's half your enjoyment gone already. Sure. Yeah. And then you just want to, as you say, just drink or whatever, but you've got all this Comic-Con shit going, you know, coming and you're just like, it's, and you're not enjoying it, it's terrible. It's kind of going to still ruin your mood. You'd, you'd have a casino there, though, as well. Like you could. I'm just casino. saying, you. It's, it's going to be, if you're like having an awful time with sure. Comic-Con, you can't go anywhere. Sure. I reckon I could make do because at the end of the day on a cruise, you've got a casino, you've got alcohol, you've got, you know, stuff to look at. It's not going to be that bad, I think. But uh, but that guest list does not inspire me to want to book a ticket on this cruise. But if it was better guests, if you had like a Harrison Ford on there or something, you know, a Tom Cruise, uh, someone, you know, someone decent, uh, it could be a bit better than, than you know... You know, than than just that, like George Takai, Ernie Hudson, and whoever the fuck another person was, they're just like I honestly, I, I'd barely cross the road for those people. 
you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, George Sakai is down at the local library. I'd be like, yeah, no thanks. You know, Ernie Hudson, uh, I like him, but, like, you know, that's about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish the guy well, but I don't actually need to hear him talk about anything. Mary McDonald, who's she? No one knows, you know? Um, it's not an awe-inspiring guest list out of all of Comic-Con, you know? I feel, I feel like they could have... Yeah, they could have done a lot That's better. That's like the shit we get here in Australia half the time. Yeah, like the real, the real warmed leftovers. Like you know, like you know, twenty years ago, this person was like a minor, minor star, and um, and now they're back. And you know, it's just like wow, and like desperate for relevancy. If, if you got one of the Doctor Who's or something, you know what I mean? Like the, I, 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 I've got no real problem. Holy with the shit! Idea. I saw a picture of Tom Baker recently. Oh, he's old. Yeah. He, no, he doesn't look old. He looks half he dead. Looks ancient. Yeah, well, he's he's in his nineties, man. I, I, yeah, I know, but I'm like, he looks like he he looks like one of the guys he'd fight as <laughs> as yeah. Doctor Who. Like, I'm not doing a dick, but no, I I know the picture was for the Radio Times thing. Um, yeah, no, I, he he was dressed sort of in the in the coat and stuff. Yeah, no, he does look very old. I, I agree. He's very frail now. You know, he's he's literally about ninety three. I think you know ninety three, ninety four. So. I mean, he's had a good innings, but yeah, no, it's it's sad. To, it, it, it's sad to see, but it's going to happen to us all if we make it that far, you know. So at least he was out and about. He 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 walked there. I saw him walking down the street. Like he's an old man, you know, very old man. And um, you know, he's he's got that kind of, um, you know, when they're very old, he he's still got his mind and his wits about him, but you know, they're sort of floating almost. You know, they're so fragile. Mm. And um, yeah. It's yeah, it's time, man. The great killer. Now um, we've got something here. I love Michael Kellershim's like so dramatic. The death, decline and fall of the Western comic book industry. Um, Popverse recently had a 2023 list of best-selling trades and manga, which illustrate how little people care about the big two publishers or superheroes. Of the top ten highest-selling trades slash manga, seven were manga books, and the only superhero-related book was Team Team and Team Last Ronin. Segregating the list for the top 10 Western books, Last Ronin is top, but the rest is dominated by Webtoon books. Uh, DC's best-selling trade was Watchmen with 30,000, and Marvel is so pathetic they didn't even make the top 30. The highest-selling book was Spider-Punk, which surprises me, with barely 10,000 copies. So is that for a month? Or a week? so. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that is damning, you know. That is very damning. Um, I assume it's for a month. Yeah. So what that would be? Yeah, I would have thought that they would have. Uh, I guess trades. Like, I would have hoped that they'd be better than that, wouldn't you? Oh, actually, is this for the year? I don't think it's for the year, man. There's no well, way. It says Popular recently had a 2023 list. I don't know. So it could be for the year. Well, if it's for the year, it's a fucking indictment on on what's yeah. ha- what's happening. Um, Oh, I'm happy to see Last Ronin's doing well. Yeah, you know. Well, I, as I said, it's it's this is the problem when um, it, the, the people working in the comic book industry now keep like lying mm. when they keep uh, going. Uh, oh my god, comic sales are the best they've ever been. Blah blah blah. All you haters, you're just haters, and it's like you're either stupid mm. and you've not actually looked, or you're willfully like lying. Uh, gaslighting because you cannot look at the figures and oh, see yeah. that it's dominated by manga. Yeah, 
and claim that you are doing well. No, I know. You know, I know. That's like that's like uh, Burger King saying, "My God, burger sales were up this year, but all the people bought burgers at McDonald's." Yeah, I know. It's they. I think if they, I think they go with the philosophy of if we just keep repeating it, we might visualize success and we might fool some people. Like just the simple fact, the very like I, you know, I'm sorry, the very simple fact of just how many issues used to sell. Like, you know, go back to 2010. I bet you they were way better than now. Go back to 2000. Go back to the 80s. Go back to the 70s. Go back to the 60s. Like, the the amount of copies they used to sell, the sheer volume compared to now. And it's just, like, I go, I went into King's Comics during the week. And this is nothing against King's, who, you know, it's a nice store. When in there, they're you know, their weekly, you know, whatever you call it, like the floppies, the singles. Dude, it's a tiny section now. It's, you don't remember how it used to, do you remember back in the day? It used to be going across fucking walls. Like it was huge. The, I'm telling you, it's a tiny percentage of people who are buying the weekly books these days. And Mm. it's, you know, and yeah, the stores, they do a good job. There's a lot of diversification in the store. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're, They're sort of like got, tendrils out of all sorts to, to make up for that but yeah it, you can't tell me that they're selling they always go oh we're doing really well in libraries it's like there's always an excuse you know what I mean like there's always a fucking excuse oh well yeah wouldn't you love to be doing well at the fucking marketplace as opposed to a library you know oh we're doing really well in libraries wow we're just killing it in libraries yeah sure right okay <laughs> and, and meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile you're selling nothing and <laughs> you can't break 10,000 with your shitty trades of your shitty product. So you're not doing well. You, you know, they're searching for excuses. Like, it's like, oh, we're big in Norway. Wow, in Norway, we're just dominating in one town. You wouldn't believe it. Um, I, didn't, I'd, I would love to know their numbers because I imagine it's critical. And I know that their solution has been to pump the prices and pump the prices and pump the prices. But, I mean, Ray was telling me that a lot of the books are over ten dollars for a fucking um, Australian dollars for a um, you know these floppy comics, these twenty fucking page comics. Like, really? Like, really? Like, that's not sustainable. I'm sorry. And they'll always be like, "Oh, people have predicted the death for a long time." It's like, yeah, because I think now we're sort of seeing it play out. That's unfortunately what's happening, and all the talk, and you don't ever really change anything. You, you know, you, you may try things for five seconds, but you never really fundamentally change. You're still dependent upon these stores and you just raise the prices so high to squeeze the few people who are left. And then you're hoping the trades do well of all the old stuff and you're just hoping, you know, and, just, and you're pumping the market with those huge omnibuses with the huge price tag. And a lot of them wind up at Ollie's too, you know, um, mm. in the States. So... I don't know. It's a mess. It really is a. It's a. It's a chaotic mess. Um, I don't know how they fell apart so quickly too, because it didn't seem that long ago that they were doing reasonably well. You know, it was what ten years ago, probably. You know, it, mm. are, are we all just going to blame video games? Because that's what they always do. Oh, kids play video games now. Wow, we can't compete. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, you know. Well, uh, dude, I mean, but it is a kind of. True, like video games are a big, big yeah. money maker. Like yeah. they make a lot of, but 
there's also no excuse. I mean, uh, the the problem I feel, especially with Western comics, is they just they've lost the plot. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Instead of getting better and better and better, they've gotten worse and worse and go against what they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think I've said this before. The biggest problem is when we used to read comics, all the guys working in comics, the artists, the writers, they saw, and like a lot of them wanted to work in comics. They saw comics as a job. They read comics growing up. And so them coming in, so when they were coming, they read the more childlike comics, right? You know, from the 60s and all that sort of sure. stuff, the Golden Age, all that sort of stuff, where it was aimed a bit more at kids, right? But they wanted to tell more mature stories. You know, they were like, hey, I grew up reading comics. I'd love, you know, I want to take these characters. I want to tell more mature stories. And that's how we evolved. Do you know what I mean? That's how we got sure. the mature stories that we had when you and I were reading it. Um, and even some comedic ones and all that, because they wanted to change the media, like uh, evolve it push yeah. it forward yeah the problem is now i feel like a lot of people working in comics now didn't grow up reading comics mm. and never had a passion for comics and never and so they don't come in with this they just come in with this i want to get paid yeah and yeah. so they don't have this of this desire to want to elevate or push forward or evolve the medium they just want to pump shit out and get paid yeah, and and that's it. Like, like that's that's how I think the comics have got into is that the people working in comics now don't care about comics. Yeah. It's a shame. Um, you know, I don't know, and, and I and, and I'm open to um, some of the stuff they do, and I, and I find some stuff interesting, but I just sometimes I I just think that they're too quick to discount what was working not very long ago. You know, and and like why. Like, why, in the early 2000s, I reckon till about 2010, were we loving so much DC product, you know, for a good period of time? And it was hooking us, Rich, and the art was good, you know what I mean? Consistent, and I, I felt like you and I, we were hooked, man. You know, we, we, we bought plenty, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and frankly, I, I left some just due to, you know, you can't buy the store, and... There was genuine excitement, you know what I mean, and and like I, I felt like there were lots of good titles from in the big two, on across both sides of the aisle. You know what I mean. Of course, there were some bad ones, but you know things were working. And how has that fallen apart so drastically? You know, mm. like um, that's where <clears throat> rather than you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not taking great pleasure, but I do think like a. A, a real sort of investigative piece on that would be interesting because I think there's got to be... It's not just Tom Brieford, you know what I mean? Like, we, we make fun of that, but it's not just one person. It's 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 probably from higher up the food chain. Um, some of it is not reacting to um, the readers, for sure, and, and the audience, and they've lost a lot of their audience. Like, And I think they felt that the audience was always going to come back. You know what I mean? Like, the the, the comic book audience... Like like all groups, very fickle, very you know what I mean. Look, lose their temper, storm out of the shop, that kind of you know. But they do tend; they're like the abuse spouse. They come back, but I think at some point in the last decade, a lot of them just haven't. You know, a lot a lot of people left and just did not come back. And it happened on supposedly big titles, and 
You know, I mean, even Batman's been hurt. Like, Batman's sales have been crippled. You know what I mean? And, mm. you know, so that's also what's happened. I think I think some of their shock changes and their changes of pace and, oh, you'll never believe what we're going to do now, they've actually killed um, a bit of the Golden Goose. And ironically, at a time when, you know, we all know, we all, we all, we all know this, since 2008, well, they dominated the, the media. It's ironic. Well, also, I mean, think, think, think about this, right? We... As comic book readers, we've always cared about canon, right? Mm. We'd like that things, you know, yeah. um, not necessarily like a, they're not locked in a hundred percent, right? But they they tend to follow like a, a coherent sort of sort of timeline or whatever. You've got comics now because the writers don't give a fuck; they they don't know anything about comics. It's the reason why nothing matters now. It's the reason why the comics. Just do whatever they want. Like, look at DC. Oh, well, fuck, you, you know what I mean? Like, tell me what's happening in DC right now as a coherent sure. story in that universe. No idea. Good luck. No idea, because everything is like, everything counts. Everything, it's, we're just doing whatever we want. And you're not doing that because that's the evolution of the medium. You're no. doing that because the people you've hired know nothing about comics and the history and the law and the canon. Yeah, it, well, it's like they threw out the manual. And they just completely lost the plot. And I saw a thing with Morrison where he was saying that um, he felt when he was doing his Green Lantern that the excitement from the readers had really dimmed. You know what I mean? Like he felt the connection, just his observation, um, he he felt there was a lot less engagement and stuff and um, he just felt the excitement is gone. And I, and I agree with him in that sense. I, I, I think... For whatever reason, and and a lot of it's to do with shitty product, um, they killed the excitement. It's like a band that has a heyday and and then just keeps on trying to keep grinding on and the hits have dried up and there's not the excitement, you know what I mean? They're still around, but you can still pay and go see them. <laughs> but they're not filling stadiums anymore. They're, they're not fill, playing arenas. They're, they're playing clubs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're playing theatres, that, kind of, that kind of thing. And... and it's been going on for a while. Like, it's not... People will cite various things. Like, I remember whenever Thor, Jason Aaron was doing Thor, I got so... Oh, at that exact point in time, I was reading quite a lot of Marvel, you know? And I was loving that Thor run, and not just the Thor run, like, plenty of things. And I remember when they um, made Jane Foster Thor, it was a big news event. You know what I mean? Like, it was that he was on The View... Um, you know, people were talking about it. And it feels like, and I'm not in any way blaming that for being the reason things went down, but it feels like that was around the peak, the last peak of that kind of uh, reaction stuff. It feels like things at Marvel really were falling apart then, probably falling apart during, in leading up to it, you know, when you really know the story. But it, the, the tide's been receding ever since. You know what I mean? And it's not just because Jane Foster has made Thor. That's just a story thing. But I do think there was a lot of things happening at the same time. Readers were leaving, you know, and and then, of course, six months, a year later, it's quite obvious, and they've never recovered. You know, you can't tell me that, you know, Marvel's doing fantastic numbers. I bet you they're doing worse numbers than they were doing then, you know? I bet you they yeah, ki- I bet you they'd kill for that week's numbers, you know? And mm. it's just, it's interesting, like, really. And um, I don't think they've got the solution, to be honest. I, I think, if anything, has shown 
they, they, they don't have the solution. You know what I mean? And now a good book almost happens by chance. You know what I mean? Like it almost happens in spite of everything. So it's so interesting. And we, of course, we've got Peaches, Makoko, Momoko, whatever the fucking name is, like doing the ultimate X-Men. Well, I reckon about five people are interested in that, you know? Mm. <laughs> like ultimately boring X-Men. She, she wrote a thing where she was saying um, she's going to base it on her her school years. And I, and I, and I wrote on no, Chuck Dixon's page, I said, I'm impressed she went to a school for mutants. Did she know Wolverine? Apparently, <laughs> apparently her X-Men runs are all going to be based on her school life. And I was like, wow, we must have had a pretty interesting school life. But of course it won't be that, man. It'll be like, I, I, I guarantee now, it'll be, it'll be like people cutting themselves and whatever, being depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people will be all depressed and sad. They're going to be sad, Richie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like crying a lot of tears in the bathroom and that kind of thing. Um, now, we've got a thing here. Do you want to read this one out, Rich? This is about Robert Kirkman. He's uh, once again settled just before the, the jury uh, was about to, about to settle down for a jury trial. Yeah, so uh, apparently... Um so a copyright lawsuit between Invincible creator or between Invincible comic creator Robert Kirkman and William Crabtree, colorist on the first 50 issues, has settled ahead of a jury trial that was set to begin February 20th. According to Hollywood Reporter, the terms of settlement were obviously not disclosed. Crabtree mm-hmm. claimed Kirkman tricked him into surrendering his co-ownership stake in the series in order to make the IP easier to shop to studios. An agreement was then drafted in 2005 stating that Kirkman was the sole author of the series and therefore owner of all rights of every kind of nature while crabtree was described as simply a work for hire crabtree was then holding the bag when prime video picked up the series it's interesting because in november a a federal judge ruled that crabtree couldn't seek a court order claiming he was a joint author or get damages for fraud but he could possibly invalidate the agreement kirkman allegedly tricked him into signing If Trabtree succeeded, Kirkman would face massive damages for breaching his oral agreement to pay him 10% of the revenue from any future films or television shows. What's so interesting um, was his he had the same lawyer as, uh, um, was it Tony Moore, uh, who was the co-creator of Walking Dead, who Kirkman did the exact same thing to. And he settled with him on the courtroom steps as well. And the, the hit, so this guy had the same lawyer. And, um, yeah, it's a, you know... It it shows you how Kirkman does business, though. Like, you know, you're getting. You mean smart? No, no. It's well. I mean, it, it is what it is. But well, I look, know. I don't look. I don't mean it's so nasty, right? Mm. But I mean, the if you if someone feels right, like, mm. and, and let's be honest, it, Kirkman's probably the, um, the driving force mm. behind Invincible, right? He's had help, but. If he feels like he's got something on his hands, right? Like he's like, I believe in this thing. I think it's it's got the legs, and I think I can make something of it. Yeah. And you are stupid enough to start like to yeah, sign it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, instead of saying, "No, oh, no, hang on," you know, I mean, uh, like if someone comes to me, it's like, "Oh, you know, I'll buy you out." I'll be like, "Why are you buy me out?" Mm. Maybe you know what I mean. Uh, no, I think I'll hold on to it. Thank you. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel bad for it, but also at the same time, I feel like. Why did you do that? Yeah, but like, yeah, but I will tell you. Even in my in my job, I've, there's plenty of examples of people where they've signed stuff that eventually win in court with the, with the, with, no, the, no, with I, that I, argument. I, I don't doubt that. But my point is, this isn't like 1960. 
No, where, you know where you're like, oh yeah, give me the money now. Like, what this comic book shit? Like, well, probably what it as well now. is Kirkman would have had the advantage. He's probably got more cash. The guy probably had less, and so he 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 buys him out because he's got deeper pockets and he knows down the track, the uh, upside is he won't have to cough up ten percent of the much huger earnings. You know what I mean? So, mm. I don't know. Tony Moore though. Um, I mean, yeah, he 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 paid him a lot of money, apparently, like to make him. But again, away. in this day and age, with so many successful properties, mm. why are you signing your rights away? Yeah, well, I, I guess, yeah, and who like, knows? Like, like again, as what, I said, it's not this. You know, it's not like the back in the days where it's easy. You know, where people didn't think that comics would be a big thing and they'd be making movies and TV shows about them. Of course, it's easy to sign away your. Oh shit! Yeah, you give me like. You know, $100 for this? Well, I get it. With but Walking this Dead, age, why keep it? With Walking Dead, no one knew that that was going to be the hit. It was like the comic book. That took everyone by surprise, that comic. Yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure this would have been much later, though. Well, yeah. It was it Invincible. Invincible, what, a couple of years later? Um, I don't so, know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, at the end of the day, I, I hope you paid him a lot of money. I mean, Copeland's got a reputation for this, so... You know, I mean, look out if you're doing business with him. Basically, is 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 the point of the story? Because I mean, he gets oh, sued. Well, I would say is just keep it. <laughs> if you do business with him, keep your share. Keep well, your, what's, your, yeah, your I agree. Whatever. Just just hang on to it. What, what I find hilarious too is like an oral agreement, so nothing in writing, which is dangerous as well. You know, like that's that's dangerous. Like if someone orally agreed to give me ten percent of any future earnings, like if I'm a colorist, I want that in writing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the other part where it's like, and potentially he said that in front of lawyers and whatever else, but who knows? Like, Tony Moore was, I believe, like a childhood friend and that they'd been, you know, buddies for a long time and done plenty of projects that had not got any legs and then they finally struck gold with Walking Dead and they wound up in a courtroom, you know? because Same thing, where, where Kirkman was like, oh, no, I was the sole creator. It's like, well, if we go back to the original issues... I see listed co-creator, you know? Mm. And, um, but again, it's like, I think his argument was, and I, I don't know exactly, but I think his argument was along the lines of, I bought him out, you know? Um, anyway. Anyway, it is what it is, man. I, I, I hope the guy got a decent payday, though. You know, it'd be interesting to know how much to make it go away in front of a jury. What do you reckon, a few mil? Or a bit more? Mm. I reckon it would be around five mil something like that you reckon it'd be that much mm, yeah i i would say to, to avoid a jury trial yeah i, I think it would be uh, look I, i'm guessing but i think it would be a, somewhere around there maybe three to five but if i was him i would have pumped for even more but you know because the thing because the, the whole point is a lot of times you just want to keep them in court if you've got deeper pockets you just want to keep them in court because it's expensive you know you outspend them but then you get to the jury trial, that could really turn out poorly for him. You know? If he if the if the whatever his name is, Crabtree gets a sympathetic jury, Kirkman could mm. be out tens of billions of dollars, you know? Like a lot of money. And you know, because he's got the show going on Amazon, like, you know, it's it's going reasonably well. Like so yeah, you'd fling him, you know, three to five mil, he probably will go away. You know? Although I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I'm very surprised that uh, for covering the first 50 issues you have such ownership over a, a property I literally thought a lot of colors would just work for hire uh, I know that's interesting isn't it it is interesting 
But um, and also, if a guy is paying you in an, a, a partial ownership of it, uh-huh. why are you again? Why are you signing it away then? I mean, well, know. potentially because like um, Kirkman's got a lot more irons in the fire than Robert Cabtree, so Kirkman's got that Walking Dead money, you know. So he's got deep pockets. So whereas I assume Robert Crabtree's probably his only claim to fame is the, is being the colorist on Invincible, and so he's more issue to issue kind of finances. So potentially at some point he, he, he I think it's in the story. I, I I think it literally was like he paid him like fifty grand or a hundred grand or something like that to sign away the rights. I I, I it's something like that. I, I I've read a bit about the case before. He paid him an amount of money at some point saying this buys you out and now you're just a work for hire guy. That that was allegedly his story. You know, that that's that's what happened. Crabtree disputes it, claims that he was forced into signing, blah blah blah. We wind up, as usual, settling before a, on the courtroom steps. You know? Much like uh Disney do to many a creator, Rich, who <laughs> before they hit the Supreme Court, it's surprised Disney opens the vault. Pays them off, makes them go away. Never has to. Never has to get to the Supreme Court ruling they're so scared of. You know. Mm. So, it is what it is. You know. I don't know. I, I I think it's also ironic that you know um, the likes of a Kirkman who so decried the business practices of Marvel. Like when he left, he was all about if you want to make real money, make your own comic. Don't be beholden to the corporations. And he's had two co-creators sue him. You know, on his two biggest properties. Don't you find that somewhat ironic? Yeah, but I, that's what I've always said. Everyone, everyone preach about uh, preaches about uh, sharing until they own something. Yeah, it's like have you heard that? Have you heard that that funny like um, Russian communist joke mm. where the guy goes, you know, like, "Hey, Dmitri, we're neighbors. If you had uh, two cars, you'd <laughs> give me one." He goes, "Of course, you're my comrade. You're my countryman." And he goes, oh, well, if you had two houses, you give me one. Of course, I give you one. We're, com- you know, we're communists, whatever, all that. And he keeps doing it, then he finally gets the, if you had two chickens, you'd give me one. He goes, no, of course not. He goes, why not? He goes, because I have two chickens. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, that's very true, yeah. Very true, man. When there's something actually at stake and the rubber hits yeah, the road. Everyone preaches kumbaya until they, have, until they have it, and then they're like, whoa, this is mine. Yeah, and I, again, the, the, the danger of an oral contract, and, and and frankly, you're right, the position of a colorist is actually weaker than the guy who was his um, co-creator on other projects, and then he walks into Walking Dead and they hit the gold mine. That guy has, on the face value, a stronger case than a colorist, you know, because they've collaborated on various other projects before, they've been co-creators on, say, three or four things, they finally do Walking Dead, it blows up much bigger than, you know, maybe what they dreamed was going to happen actually happened. Then it spawns a TV show, and that's where the real money starts coming in, you know? Suddenly it's not, we're not talking about thousands of dollars, we're talking about millions of dollars. And, yeah, it's it's a whole different ball game then, isn't it, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, turning away from, and, you know, it, we all know that I love to get over these facts, um... Rogue Trooper movie is coming in 2025, Rich. Animated. Uh, Duncan Moon, David Bowie's son. Uh, he also directed, uh, I want to say, um, well, his name's not Duncan Moon, Duncan Jones. Moon was the movie he directed. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, did Duncan Moon direct Moon? I was like, that's going to be uh, interesting. That's funny. Um, so he did Moon. He did World of Warcraft or Warcraft. 
Um, and he's, yeah, Rogue Trooper's been long talked about. Uh, it's going to be animated. I am super excited, although I saw a hilarious thing. So I'm very excited. I love Rogue Trooper. In fact, next week I'm going to put a Rogue Trooper annual, the only annual that was ever done for Rogue Trooper in the weekly comics, Rich, with nice. Iron Man. Um, now, get this. I saw a news item which said, Hayley Atwell to lead the Rogue Trooper movie. I went. I saw that too, and then I read it, and it's like she's casting it. Like, yeah. oh, geez, I, was, I could have sworn the headline said uh, lead. My first thought, I, I read it, I digested it, I didn't like the taste of it, and I was like, oh, okay, we're making Rogue Trooper female. And I'm like, so Venus Blue Jeans was the female Rogue Trooper, and she's in it, like, once you get into within fucking four-fifths of Rogue Trooper, she turns up. And there was the reaction of Dave, just the silent seething for a second. Like, are we really going to make Rogue Trooper female? Like, really? And and then I read it, and I was like, no, she's just going to be in it. Maybe she's going to play Venus Blue Jeans, which, which I'd be all for, you know? And yes, they were. I mean... Are, are journalists just incapable of actually, like, I know. reporting I know. It's actual facts? And the, my blood pressure seriously went up. You know what I mean? Like, if I died of a heart attack, it was like, what was the reason? He read that Hayley Atwell was going to lead a road tripper movie. You know? Cause yeah, because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I read this. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then, as I said, I read the article, and I was like, oh, so she's just been casting it. Why Which is fine. did I say lead? And, and believe you me, kids... Uh, no issues at all if there are female um, clones who get killed in the Quad Zone Massacre because in, they're in the variations of Rogue Trooper that happened. And Venus Blue Jeans is in it. But the central character of Rogue yeah. Trooper, he is well, a guy. Say, but if you're doing that movie, you don't call it Rogue Trooper, then then you call it Venus or whatever. Like, yeah, you don't... we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. Um, I definitely don't want another He-Man. We want Rogue Trooper. I want Bagman. I want fucking uh, Rogue Trooper. I want Gunner. I want Helm. I need this, man. I need this, man. I need it, man. Like, seriously, like, enough bullshit. I battled through Marvels, dude. You know what I mean? I hope they do the... T- uh, actually, I hope they do the uh, Tomorrow Morrison route where they just cast one guy and he plays all the, the troopers. <laughs> that would be all right. Well, they. I think they did look the same. The male Yeah, ones. they were their clones. I mean, even Venus looks sort of similar, like a female version of Rogue Trooper. Um, with the blue skin and everything. Uh, I, I'm actually glad it's animated as well. Can I just say that? I'm actually glad. Oh, yeah, as well. I really didn't want to watch a movie with people painted blue and, and have, like, having it look a bit goofy. Avatar kind of style. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all down for it, man. Like, I, like I, I was like, it has to be CG or animated. It can't be live action. I've got a question for you, Rich. Do, no. you, do you want the... I was thinking about this last night. Do you want the Trader General killed in the first movie? You know, because he's always after the Trader General. We all know that. Should he die in the first Probably film? Probably not. Oh. If you're just making one movie, yes. Yeah. If you're going to be making multiple, or hope to make multiple, then I would say maybe save him. What I well, he's got to be in it. I mean, the the. the he, no, but I mean, save his death. Save, save his death. Save yeah. the the resolution to what I loved. Uh, movie, what I loved, and I mean, I genuinely loved the way Rogue Trooper hunted him down. I remember he injured him. Like, so he, he Rogue, the, the Trader General was getting more and more injured as the series went on because... Yeah. Well, Rogue, you can definitely do that in the first movie. You yeah. can have him be injured. Well, I remember at one point, I think Rogue Trooper, like, you know, sniped him and, like, took out an eye or something, like, and scarring. And I don't know, I was just thinking about it because, like, I'm so excited for it, man. Like, I really... I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this now. Assuming it hits cinemas, and I hope it does, I'm I'm going to support it in cinema. Seriously, same with Deadpool three. I'm supporting in cinema on this one. Um, 
I'm not making any fucking errors. You know, when, when, when Dread came out, I saw it twice in cinema. Seriously. And it's about time we had this. And Jesus Christ, give me a Dread animated show as well while we're at it. You know? Mega City 1. Please. Please. Give me the virtual reality game where I can just live there and be a judge on the streets <laughs> forever. They're like, where's Dave gone? I haven't seen him in five years. He's deep in Mega City 1. He's, he's patrolling the streets. My only problem if I was a judge, overkill. You know? That's, that's you know, that's... Yeah, well, that'd definitely be fucking overkill with you, that's for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, Dread goes pretty far, but I just feel if I had the power, it could get a little extreme. You know? Just a little? Yeah. Like, I'm talking like, you know... You, we, we all know that, like, all the laws and stuff that can be broken, but... I'm talking about, like, beatings. <laughs> Working people over with the nightstick. And, and, you know, and Dread frowns upon that, which is ironic, considering the massive amount of casualties that he himself has uh, included, you know. Um, now, Richard, I have, was, were you going on last week about something called Pal World? Yeah, I played it for, like, a whole week. Okay, so Michael Kellishim is, like, massively against it for some reason. Okay. Um he says, you know, you'll, you know what this is. He says, the designs of the characters are such shameless rip-offs of Pokemon, the only amends to be made shall be paid in blood. Some of these characters were so unoriginal they just changed their colour scheme. And he really, he, he's really incensed. Um, I mean, I, don't, I couldn't give a fucking shit about this. I couldn't give a flying fuck into a rolling donut. Um, what do you think, Rich? Uh, I would just say, have a little fun, dude. Uh, Chill out. Chill it's, out. It's just a game. It's fun. Uh, it's and if you if you want to complain about, like, seriously, I mean, if he's being serious and not just being funny. I think it's, tongue, I think being, it's like, a bit tongue-in-cheek, man. You know? I would say maybe go have a look at uh, how many Pokemons resemble Dragon Quest right. monsters. Okay. A lot, I assume. A uh, fair bit. And look, at the end of the day, the, I, like, this is what I find so funny where people go like, this game should be shut down because it blatantly rips off Pokemon and copies designs. I'm like, have you ever heard of Doom clone, people? Like, yeah. when Doom hit it huge, yeah. every single fucking game that came out was a Doom clone that literally ripped off and copied That is Doom. true. That is true. I remember that, actually. That yeah. is what games are. That's why you cannot copyright uh, art style and you cannot copyright gameplay. Because yeah. if you could, there would be no games. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I couldn't care less. Uh, do, but do the do the owners of Pokemon care? Have they got like a legal case? Oh, I'm sure they do. They they yeah. would care because yeah. okay, put it this way: the last Pokemon, which people didn't, well, a lot of people complained about, still sold 23 million copies. Wow! Right? Um, because again, people always forget that the Switch is actually the number one selling console this generation, not PlayStation Five. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, it sold 23 million copies of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, right? Wow. This game, Pal World, in its week, I think it's close to 10 million sales. Right, so it's doing well. It's not even fully out. It's in early access. Right, okay. So it's not even a complete game. So, yeah, I'd probably say Nintendo is probably a little bit worried because they've had a lot of copycats come, but they've always gone. Um, will this game stick around? I don't know. It could just be a flash in the pan. Honestly, people enjoy it for a couple of months and then it literally dies. What's yeah, it on? Can I possible. ask, what, what console is this thing on? Uh, again, it's on PC and Xbox because right. PlayStation don't do early access. I see. Right. Okay. 
Well, we well, I'm, I'm just glad we've got some genuine uh, debate and discussion happening on the. But what I would just say single. is just have fun, man. Like honestly, it's fun yeah. if you if give it a go. I mean, if you've got sure. Game Pass, I, I definitely recommend giving it a go. It doesn't actually technically cost you anything more. And if it's fun, play it. If it's not, don't play it. That's what I, that's what I care about. I don't care what it copies. I just care is it fun. Yeah, I couldn't care less either. Um, by the way, I'm a big Pokemon player. Um, uh, I, in fact, probably Pokemon is the one thing that could literally make me spend more money than I want to. Like, Ooh, I'm I not joking. If that. Nintendo turned around and said we're re-releasing all of the games on Switch at full price, I'd probably end up paying them. Really? Wow! <laughs> right? I did not know I mean, that I've about been you, Rich. For like twenty. Do you play that oh, Pokemon I... Go stuff? No, 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 no. Pokemon Go is boring. Mm. I, I play the. Uh, like I've still got my copy of uh, Ruby and Emerald, um, uh, Pearl, um, and obviously I have been playing the Switch one. So I've uh, Shield, and I've got the I bought the Violet version on Switch. So I, I like Pokemon, and this again, I'm love. I love love Power. I've taken a bit of a break because it was consuming <laughs> a massive chunk of my life. But as a massive Pokemon fan, I really enjoyed Pebble, and I don't have an issue with the copying. Yeah, yeah, but you, you, I like it, Richard. Chilled. I mean, also, what do you care? Like, why does Michael? I mean, oh, no shots fired at Michael, but he's not seeing a dime. You know what I mean? From this, so what's it? Care? To all the to, right. seriously, this is not a Michael. This is all just the Pokemon like Nutto Wattos. Pokemon's been around for like 30, mm. 30 years mm-hmm. almost. I think. I think it came out in what ninety seven was it? Right. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I can't remember. It's a long time ago, Um, yeah. It's ages ago. It was something like that. So, I mean, it's been around for like, what, 30, almost 30 years. It don't go in anywhere. Like, just because Powell does well, it's not going anywhere. In fact, I'll be honest with you, playing Powell has actually made me go, oh, I miss Pokemon. I should probably finish playing Pokemon. Like, I don't know. It's not going to kill Pokemon for me. Yeah, I know. It's just a challenger, and um, I think people are protective. I mean, it's easy for me not to give a fucking shit because I couldn't care less about Pokemon, but... People are protective of their favourite things and when they see sort of like a cut and paste that's actually really popular, you know, because the variation on it or whatever they're doing, they're sort of protective, you know what I mean? They're going to, oh my God, it's going to eliminate Pokemon. It's not, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, Pokemon's going to be just fine, I bet, you know? This is this is like this week's oh, fad. Okay. yeah. This is this week's fad. Anything I hope, I would love Power to stick around and be successful because I would love for it to challenge Pokemon to do better, sure. to, to, to challenge Game Freak, the guys who make those games, to actually, you know, perform perform better. Can I that ask a stupid mine. question? Can I ask a stupid question? I, I assume Pokemon's a Japanese franchise. Am I wrong or right when I say that? No, you're absolutely... No, you're, it's, it's yes. owned by Nintendo, Game Freak, and... Right, okay. I think another company called Creature. So, so it's well, actually owned by three corporations right okay and, and uh, i've never owned a nintendo in my life so if it's all nintendo if you want to play pokemon it's all it's massive on the nintendo switch and all that stuff yeah oh, and, and for pokemon go it's all on nintendo so you've either got to have the old game boy the ds's mm-hmm. or the the switch yeah there you go i'm just showing that i'm an old man you know just want to. It's just just in case, <laughs> in case listeners weren't aware i wasn't down with what the kids are doing i let that just be a total proof because <laughs> well, I'm ba- I'm sitting here listening to Marty Robbins the other day, and I thought to myself, really, who in the world is listening to Marty Robbins under the age of eighty? Me, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm singing along to El Paso, you know, and, and it's like as if I know what the kids are doing. Now, um, the Hogwarts Legacy video game was the best-selling video game of 2023, selling over 22 million copies. Uh, <laughs> this shows the boycott worked. It might have sold 23 million otherwise. But it was a massive hit, you know, and a fun game too, actually, can I say. I haven't finished it, but what I've played, I thought it was extremely fun. Um, actually, I, I really actually enjoyed it. Like, I think it was a fantastic advertisement for Harry Potter. And um, well, I think so. I played it. I played it and finished it. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I, really I, I had I had a great time playing that. In fact, uh, it was it was really great uh, because there's very few games that uh, Alicia and I sort of can play together, uh-huh. like at the same time. Pokemon is one of them as well, which is why I'm glad she's also a big. Uh, she's big into Pokemon like me, but um, we played that together. She played it on the PS5, I played it on the Xbox, right. and we literally played it together on on the uh, uh, you know because we've got two TVs set up, yeah, because we've got so many gaming consoles. We literally played that together like every day, just laughing at each other's shit and going, like, "Oh my god, just, what are you doing?" And all, just know? loving like, life. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Just two kids in love, you know, yeah. so young and in love. <laughs> Um, yeah, man. Well, what a touching story. I, I didn't do anything like that with Michelle. I mean, I- I- if she was playing Baldur's Gate 3 next to me, I'd probably get annoyed. But that's just me. I've just, <laughs> no, I- I- I've actually got something wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like, but there's no chance that happening. Actually, she saw me playing Baldur's Gate. This is funny. Baldur's Gate 3. And I had my character, and he's in all his armor and shit. I go, check it out. Check it out. This is my character. And I was like rotating him. And she goes, this is just so shit. She looks at it, and I'm so proud of it. She goes, this is just so shit and so boring. I just walked away. And I was like, I was like, oh, well. I was like, he's got two swords. He's just like Drixed. She's like, who the fuck is Drixed? Yeah, she's like, chances of her knowing who Drixed are, 0% chance. You're like, stop making up words, Dave. She hated the Dungeons & Dragons movie. She's like, it's just so crap. Like, she just, she just... Her eyes are just rolling out her head. She can take the Marvel stuff, like she'll, you know, the, the better Marvel stuff. She'll watch it, you know, like watch many of those movies. Quite enjoys them, but um, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, uh, she's just like, this is just so fucking lame. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, all right, now Embracer Group has laid off nearly 100 workers in its Edios Montreal division and killed the new Ducks X game which has been in development for two years, which is not which is longer than Embracer has owned the company. They bought EDOS in August of 2022. Ducks X, I feel like I know that game. It was a big game like 20 years ago. Am I right? Is that right? You mean Deus Ex? Deus Ex, however you say it, yeah. Was that a big game? Oh, Deus Ex, like, yeah. Uh, that was the with the Jansen where uh, he, he became a meme with a, I never asked for this. He's the guy that had the, the robot arms and the cool sunglasses. Oh. And it was big, like twenty years ago. Yeah, right? it was huge, dude. Yeah. Uh, 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 Human Revolution and ah, oh, crap! I can't remember what the other name of the game. I mean, they're both called Deus Ex, but one was called Deus Ex but Human is Revolution. It, could it be that all the kids who played it grew up and forgot about it, and such as no? Life? See, again, this is the problem, Dave. We live in a world where everything has to break the fucking bank. Right. We're living in a world where, like. You know, if you make a superhero movie and it doesn't make a billion dollars, you failed as a, as yeah, you know, yeah, as yeah. a movie maker. It's like, Deus Ex sold well. Yeah. 
but it didn't sell like five million copies yeah, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And so you know these companies, they all want these surefire yeah. billion dollar hits, and it's like, dude, that's not possible. You have to make for the niche. If you don't make for the niche, like then what what's going to fill the in between these big things? Because no one can keep buying this many games. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. You know. Have you? So, yeah. no, I enjoyed it. I, I love playing those Deus Ex. Yeah, uh, I, I, I never played it, but I, I know it had a good reputation. I, I know that for sure. Good story, good voice acting, uh, nice stealth. You like it, dude. It's like stealth mm. and shit and all that. And, Have you? Uh, yeah, you've been Assassin's Creedy. You would love it, dude. Wow. Cheapest creepers. Um, oh, think of it as cyberpunk Assassin's Creed, but first person. That's so like more like. Uh, 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 thief and um, that's cool. uh, what's the most recent one? Dishonored. Yeah, I love Dishonored. I love Dishonored. I thought Dishonored. Oh, was dude, fun. honestly, play Deus Ex. So I know it's a bit older, but, but these oh, games God. came out like many years ago. Yeah, like it's been a long time. Not, not many years ago. Um, Three sixty and Xbox One. Okay. So the first, the the well, not the first because Deus Ex like predated and on the computer and all that yeah but um the first like next generation one where it was first person sneaky sneaky mm. that was uh 360 and then the next one was on xbox one so not that have you got alan wake i believe there's a new alan wake game did you ever play mm, that no that i've i've seen the game that that doesn't interest me at all do you remember you probably remember this when i bought a mm, what was it a ps3 and I went down this, and this was, I was based, I was, I knew you, and I bought a PS3, and I was so happy with myself, and you said, Davey, get Uncharted 2, and I was like, thank you, Richard, for your advice, I will buy Heavy Rain, and I went home, <laughs> and I went home with Heavy yes, Rain. No, yes, I remember this. And so, this is so funny, and, and, and I probably hadn't known you that long, I'd known you a couple of years, but, but like, you know, and you, I remember you said to me, you will love Uncharted 2, and I was like, thank you for your advice, I will do exactly the opposite. And I bought Heavy Rain. I got home and I put it on. And I'm like, what's this game? And then it was just the most boring fucking thing in my life. And then it got to, I was playing, I played for like half an hour. I was just, it was literally like being alive. Uh, using the word play is. Well, whatever. Yeah, I was walking around or something. It was just so fucking boring. But anyway, I got to a point, like half an hour in, where I was brushing my teeth in the mirror and I had to do something to brush my teeth. And I just, I just thought, I never, I've never had something so so boring happen in a game that I've spent money on on my new console. You were like, this is gameplay. I was so fucking pissed off, and well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like the the guy that made that. Oh, what's what's his name? Because he's made Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human and yeah, Skip. Uh, there was another one with that. Uh, but people uh, loved well, it. People were raving about it. People were raving. People were raving about it, man. Like oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah, and anyway, so I d just to wrap this story up, so I was just so pissed. I called Richard and said, "Rich, you were one thousand percent right. Like this game sucks so hard." And you're like, "Dave, go buy Uncharted 2. And then I went and I exchanged. It was one of the only times in my life I've bothered to do this. I walked down to the thing and I made up some bullshit excuse, and they believed me or or just like took pity on me, and gave me Uncharted Two. It became one of my favorite games of all time. It literally started. It literally started this fucking Uncharted 2, a train, you're dangling over a cliff and all this shit's happening. Mm -hmm. And I said to you, Rich, this is like, it's like the opposite of what I just experienced with Heavy Rain. There's this shit happening, I'm excited, like, and you're like, yeah, Dave, listen to me next time. And I was like, yes. I, that's when I thought to myself, yes, Richard knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. Like, 
I don't have any idea. I went with the hype. Everyone's going, heavy rain's awesome. It's so immersive. It's so cinematic. I'm like, it's fucking boring. It was, it was like, it's like when you walk to the mall. It was like, that's mm. what it was like. You're in the mall. It's like, I don't need to play a game. Oh, well, guess what? You go to the mall. Isn't it great? No, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the well, fake mall. I just remembered. So his name's David Cage. Um, the problem is, is David Cage and uh, Hideo Kojima, that's the Metal Gear Solid guy and all that, mm. and um, Death Stranding, mm. they're basically failed movie directors. Right. Like, these, the two of them desperately want to make movies. Right. But okay. they can't. And so they made video games instead. And that's why their games have got barely any fucking gameplay. <laughs> wow. Well, all they can... They're be making movies. Well, I'd take Metal Gear Solid any day over that heavy range. Well, the thing is, Metal Gear Solid started as games and just slowly uh, the games he started making just started becoming, like, mm. movies. Right. Okay. Um, and the gameplay actually got less and less. And In fact, I was thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed because the reason I bought a PlayStation 3... Uh was for Metal Gear Solid um, Phantom. 4, was it? Yeah, I, I, I like that one. Not the Phantom one. Uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid 3, was it? Um, I don't know. No, the, oh, yeah, the 1, 2, Snake Eater. So it would have been 3, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 3. That's with Old Man Snake. Uh, and I there was so little gameplay in that. Yeah. Like, so little. Yeah. I I was like, holy shit, I just wasted money on a place. Luckily there, that's when I discovered Uncharted. Yeah. And that saved the PlayStation Three for me because I was I was considering like selling it, yeah, um, because I was that disappointed in Metal Gear Solid Three. But again, this is the time I was working a game, and so I decided, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to take a copy of this Uncharted. It looks it looks fun, and it was yeah, good. Uh, I became a massive fan of Uncharted, and it, it made me keep the PlayStation Three. Yeah, but but like this Alan Wake thing, it's similar to Heavy Rain, isn't it? I think. No, it's. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got it's got gameplay, but it's um, it's hard to describe. Okay, so do you remember the Max Payne games? Yes, they were fun because they were gameplay. Definitely. The problem with this one is it's made by the same guys, but the guys, the the guys that remedy, they're trying to do and they keep failing because they tried it with Quantum Break, which was an Xbox exclusive. Where right. they're trying to get movies episodic t- tv shows into the video games right so this so with quantum break there, there was a point where they wanted you to play the game then you had to stop and watch an episode okay and then play the game and something now with alan wake they're not doing that but alan wake it's got actual live footage that it basically stops really? you've got to sit there and watch it really yeah yeah so there'll be like one where um uh, you know, oh, you remember the black guy that plays uh, Martian Manhunter in the Supergirl? Yes. yes. TV show? Yes. So, like, it's got him and he's, like, a talk show host or something, and then the Alan Wake comes on, and, he, and again, he's been played by a guy. They really try to make you think Keanu Reeves. Right. And, and then, like, the detective, and they sit in there, and it's all live action. It's not, like, mocap or anything like that. It's, like, actual live action, and it goes on for a while, and it's, like... So they're really trying to do this co-mingling of real and... No, I get it for this because he's supposed to be a writer and, and he's going from the real world into his book world and vice versa. But the problem is he's just coming off of failing to try and do something like that with Quantum Break. Yeah. Doesn't make it seem original. It seems like you keep looking for it a way to... Yeah, squeeze to put it Put live action into it. Like, the thing is, in theory, that sounds cool, 
but I'm also like, it sounds cool maybe if it was like a really old game and that was like new, but I don't know. Yeah, but also I d- I'm not playing the game to sit there and watch a TV show. Like, yeah. But, if I'm in the mood to play a game, it doesn't mean I want to stop yeah. the game to sit there and watch a fucking 20-minute or 15-minute well, yeah. live-action cutscene. I've got two comments. I, I put on the other day, I know you hate it, but I put on Cyberpunk 2077, and I'm roaming around the streets just fucking dispatching justice. Dude, that's as good as a fucking movie in terms of visuals. You know, I don't need to watch... You know what I mean? I don't need to watch a video of, like, the news to oh my god now i get it it's because it's live because the graphics have gotten so good that for a lot of it it's sort of like you your brain's accepting it do you know what i mean mm. it's not like in like in the 80s i had a game it's actually my friends and i borrowed it, it was it's called something like who killed the president something like that president dies and you do we're talking about primitive commodore 64 but it was a good commodore 64 game and you've got to go through all this archival footage and tapes and like mixed media uh, mostly computer but mixed media to piece together who kills the president a surprise surprise mm. spoilers kids for a game from the fucking late 80s it was the vice no, president no, 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 don't do it Dave. Yeah. No, no, no. it was the vice president <laughs> but anyway, my point was you had to do more than just click and stuff you had to do your own research it was almost like a bit of homework assignment and it was fun but that was the late 80s when the graphics were frankly horrible you know and so you need all the other bells and whistles made it more exciting now flash forward to 2024 the graphics have gotten so good that i think the brain's often accepting you know so if, I, if I'm watching a game and then it's like oh we're going to watch a video now like it's fucking school we're back in school rich watch a video you know, do I need this in my life? You know, my because my brain, yeah. my brain should be accepting what I'm seeing on the screen as close enough to reality. You know, in terms of a game, you know, I'm not looking at like, you know, Commodore 64 graphics where you clearly know. I I just feel like that's very old fashioned kind of way of thinking. You yeah, know, we're, yeah. we're we're going to cut now to a video. It's like, oh, really? Must we? Um, anyway, now Titan Comics will be re-releasing Michael Moorcock and Walter Simonson's Elric, The Making of a Sorcerer in hardcover this July. At 30 bucks, it will collect the four-issue miniseries written by Moorcock himself with Simonson artwork. It should also be mentioned it's not too late to get Michael Moorcock on the show as he's not quite dead yet. Yes, I've been on his webpage, actually. Um, I'm a bit intimidated because... I'm such a Michael Moorcock fan from growing up. But no, you know what? I'm going to put out a request. Because what's the worst it can say? If, he's, if he doesn't say anything or says no, no worries, man. Like, you're in your 80s. I think you've done some of the most brilliant science fiction, fantasy work of anyone. I read the vast majority of it in my teenage years. And it was, a, it was awesome, you know? So it's almost like that. For me, he's a bit of a modern master. And I just feel a bit like, you know, where do you get your ideas from? <laughs> well, what's your favourite ice cream Michael Moorcock when you were writing Elric no, but no I, I seriously would put a lot of research into it and um, ironically wouldn't have to do as much research as for some other interviews because I read it all and I actually retained enough of it you know what I mean like for an interview like I read so much Michael Moorcock from ages about 15 to 20 seriously I read the vast majority of, of his stuff like seriously and uh, he, he's awesome as a, as, a, as a writer. Now, I have a comment, Richard. I was having lunch with Ray 
last week and he was telling me about He-Man Revolution and that Hordak's in it. And my brain went, Hordak? Love Hordak. Um, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about it and he was saying apparently it's got heaps of He-Man in it and apparently it's a lot better. And so I said, well, I'm going to check it out. I know Rich hates it, but I'm going to check it out. But in my lead up to checking it out, I went back and watched the second half of He-Man, whatever the other one was called, Revelation. So, and the, I, what I watched was there's a there's a um, episode with Savage He Man. Rich, you familiar with this? Yeah. So Savage He Man, because you know I love the Hulk, um, is literally like the Savage Hulk. So it's a pretty good episode. Um, it's really just He Man as Hulk, and he's just running around, jumping around. He's, he's literally jumping around like the Hulk. The more I think of it, the more it's just like the Hulk. Um, you know how the Hulk leaps. That's what Savage He-Man does. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really talk. It was a good episode. I, look, I enjoyed it. And then I watched, from there, I watched the next one, which was Evil Lynn's um, origin story, which I feel they could have done a bit more with, actually, because um, it was interesting. Like, Skeletor rescues her from being... She's a thief and rescues her from getting beaten up by these people. Um, I felt like they could have gone a bit deeper with her origin. It was interesting, actually. And then Evil Lynn gets the... I mean... Uh, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, basically the power of the sword. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the power of Skull or whatever you call that. Like, she's got that power, mm-hmm. and she's kind of, like, godlike. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, I enjoyed it, um, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of boring stuff with Teela, uh, who's the sword, new sorceress. It was okay. When I say boring, it was okay. But actually some really cool stuff with... Um, which I didn't expect. Uh Basically, Lynn, with her power, sort of sees into the beginning of time and all the different universes and everything and wants to destroy everything. It's actually pretty cool. There's a really weird bit, which I didn't understand. They kept saying preternia, which I did not know what that meant. Anyway, she gets the power of, like, the gods, you know, like, basically, she's got ultimate power because she, because Skeletor has it, but we all know Skeletor is just obsessed with, like, trying to kill He-Man and stuff, so he's kind of sidetracked, and she basically takes the power off him. Anyway, and <laughs> stuff about Praternia. And she's doing like an annihilation wave of this land, which I assumed was Praternia was just like another continent or something. And um, you see, do you remember Moss Man, Rich? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you see Moss Man, who's kind of like a Swamp Thing character in the Moss, and he's like looking up as this big wave goes past him and just annihilates him and all these other people. And... You're just like, wow, boss man's toast. And then, and then it cuts back, and someone goes, she just killed heaven. And I went, did I mishear that? I was like, and like no. No, no explanation at all. Someone just goes, she just killed heaven. Everyone in heaven's dead or something. And I was just like, I was, I was watching late at night, and I must admit, I wasn't like 1,000% watching closely. I actually went, What? <laughs> and then you tell me that Praterni is the afterlife? Yeah, I've always thought it was funny, like, um, in, in that situation, that you would think that Eternia would be heaven and Praternia would be, like, the normal realm, but it's the other way. Because, yeah, and what you said totally... Because when, when it happened, I was just so... It was such an odd thing for... Because it just looked like normal Eternia. You know what I mean? Like, it was like... If you looked at this, it wasn't like angels floating around. It was just people doing he-man-y things. You know, like, it just looked like another Eternia. Um, like, Moss Man just looked like he was doing his normal Moss Man shit in the swamp. And then that happened. But then I Googled it afterwards, and they were saying Praternia 
was apparently uh, who does it? Mattel? Am I right? Is it Mattel who does He Man? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the toy line, Paternia was ages past. So, like, you know, in Wheel of Time, there's the Age of Legends. So it's like way yeah. back in the past. But but what you said, it's the afterlife, much more fit in with this comment of like, they just killed heaven. And I was just like. I was just like, I don't even know what to do with that information. Um, well, it's a bit, it's a weird, it's a bit convoluted, but I think it's like, um, yeah, it's like it's because of Preternia. It's like it's about prehistoric, so yeah. it's it's kind of like the realm before Eternia, but then it becomes Eternia, and then that becomes like, right? Uh, it like think of Lord of the Rings, yes, where they where they you know when they all journey. That they and they yeah, going to quote yeah. unquote heaven, but it's just another land. Valinor, yeah, it's yeah. it's heaven. So it, it, yeah. it's the same principle. It's not literally like, oh, it's heaven. I died. I'm going up into the sky. Right. It's more like, yeah, you go to this new land that is the like the afterlife or eternal or whatever, whatever. I like. see. Right. Well, anyway, I, I I finished the season, so I skipped. I'd watched about I think four of the five episodes of part one, and I watched like four episodes of part two. It wasn't by any means as bad as I expected. Um, the Teela stuff is... I, I understand completely why people... Because in these ones, He-Man's back as Prince Adam. So he's actually there, you know? And he does turn into He-Man in one episode of Savage He-Man, which I really enjoyed. And then in the final episode, he, he gets the power back. Um, it was interesting. Um, I, I did find some of the stuff about all the sort of like the beginning of time and the dreams and everything and sort of the, mm, I don't know, metaphysical aspect, actually quite interesting. Like, it was better than I expected. Mm. Um, well, the, yeah. the, again, the problem is, is I don't think anyone would be against what they were doing if they were just honest about it. Like, yeah. I think what people are getting annoyed with is the bait and switch. So you get everyone hyped about, like, He-Man's coming back, right? Netflix is doing a He-Man show. It's called Masters of the Universe, right? Yeah. And you get people excited and you show them stills and all that sort of shit. And then you kill him off in the first episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And you bring him back in the second to last episode. Yeah. Right? But Okay, so what's that? What, ten episodes, eight episodes, whatever. So for six episodes, let's just say. Oh, yeah, he's out. Like, he's not there. Now, here's the thing. If you had built it as that, if you had said, hey, we're doing it, blah, 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 and the first season, whatever you want to call it, part one and part two, He-Man's died. What mm. does Eternia do without He-Man? How do they bring him back? You know, blah, blah, blah. If you had sold it as that, I think people would have gone, oh, okay, that's what you're doing. Not sure if I'm a fan, but I'm, I'll give you a chance. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'll check it out. But you sold it as He-Man. Yep. You got people excited for He-Man and then you did a bait and switch. You did and it. this is what I think yeah. me and a lot of people are getting tired of. Just tell us what you are doing yeah, so that we have the correct expectations going in. Then don't get annoyed with us. When you set the expectations, mm. pull the rug from under and go, why the fuck are you mad for? Oh, no, totally agree with you, man. Completely agree with you, Rich. Um, look... That's why, and and frankly, I'm case in point. I had lunch with Ray, and you know my limited... I loved He-Man as a kid, but I didn't exactly keep up with it. When he said there's Savage He-Man and stuff, and I was like, that sounds really cool. Because, you know, I'm going through my Hulk phase. And, and so I the only reason I even switched it on, Rich, was because it had a Savage He-Man episode. You know, mm-hmm. uh, ironically. Well, the, the, you know. the Savage He-Man is the original version of He-Man, when they were first sort of designing the toys and all that. Cool. 
Do you, you're going to make him way more savage and barbaric. This is going to age me, but I remember when it first got released, the He-Man figures. It, it literally, I remember as a kid, it was about 1982 or three, and um, I remember it was it was sold. Uh, it was really marketed. That, that was, I believe, it was when they really started to market heavily, smartly to kids. There was like there was like colouring in sheets at McDonald's and stuff, and mm-hmm. I got He Man, uh, and I probably got a couple of others, but I definitely had He Man, and uh, and I remember my mother saying, like, you got we got to watch out because this is, you know, she was talking to one of the other parents, and all the kids were just like all about it, you know what I mean? Like they were brainwashing you straight away, and I I remember Stratos, I didn't have him, but I remember he was one of the first characters. In the, like the, mm-hmm. the first wave of characters, He-Man, there was Man-at-Arms, uh, it was probably Teela, um, I'm forgetting, a Beast-Man, yeah? I, and is there a Lizardy one or a Merman well, one? the original one, no, but I think the original was for Skeletor, Evelyn, and Beast-Man. I think yeah, those were the, okay. the original yeah. bad guys that came out. I reckon I may have had Beast-Man as well, now that I'm remembering. And the one I always wanted and my friend had was Merman. I always thought he looked really cool. Um, I... I had them all. Did you? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, no like I, had I had a huge chunk. I had I had Beastman, Merman, Evelyn, Skeletor. Mm. I had Stratos. I had um, uh, He Man, Manatons, Teela. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to remember all their names now. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's plenty of them, man. Um, like, I mean, yeah. Uh, Ram Ramrod, I think. Ram Man, Ram Man, Ram Man. Yeah, Ram Man and. Um, uh, uh, um, Try Eye. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, um, lock, was it Lockjaw? <laughs> like, I had I, I had so many of them. And, oh, shit, I can't remember his name now, but I even had the guy whose neck extends. Um, yeah, I don't know his name either, but I know the guy too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to come to me later. Fuck. And, and it's in there. I know it because I had it, but I'm drawing a blank because I'm trying I'm trying to run too many through too many names in <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. so many of the toys. I even had the Grayskull. Um Well did you have Castle Grayskull? Yeah. Wow. See like and I was it surprisingly yeah. it wasn't that big. I re- I had a kid who I knew a kid who had it. He was the rich kid actually who had it. And uh, my rich friend and uh, not lovely guy and um and I definitely used to go around to his house. <laughs> and and, and be awestruck by his uh, Castle Grayskull. Yeah, no, it was it was it's much bigger in the imagination than in reality, isn't it? At least. Yeah, but like it's not like that huge. It's actually kind of just it's kind of just like plastic that opens up. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And that, yeah, and it's not like it's got rooms and shit. All that. Well, it's like, between you it's still and fun. me, you, you could store them in it and all that sort of stuff. So it was cool. between you and me, I was slightly underwhelmed as a kid when I saw it like in person because I in my imagination and the ads it just seems so epic you know mm. and um what was the well, one well the ads called? certainly make it look like that yeah the ads were just incredible this it was it snake- that's why I, that that uh, sorry the youtube channel I told you about um secret galaxy yeah uh, I like watching them because they do they do old shows and all that but they'll always play like an old commercial mm um, uh, it, like uh, it, during the show, so that you can just get a feel of like, um, or a reminder of the sort of commercials, yeah, that uh, that they did, and you're like, yeah, they they knew how to market towards the kids, man. Definitely. 
No, definitely. They, yeah, they, they, they had us right where we wanted it. Actually, uh, you know, we were just um, something that I, you know, oh, I had Orca as well. Oh, did you really? I, I forget that little. I shit, actually though. hate that character, and yeah. and can I say he's got a really shit storyline in this Kevin Smith thing? Like, he's like I I forget the storyline, but he's like so much. I I actually hated that character as a kid, and. He's, well, again, yeah. it's it's why people. I, I laugh that people get annoyed with uh, um, George Lucas, mm. but it's like, but all of the stuff we watched always had that annoying fucking character. In it. Like, yeah. Thundercats had Schnarf, and and um, Shira has one as well. Yeah, Shira. Like everything we watched, there was always one. But you know what? I believe it was there. <laughs> I don't know if they intended or not, but I believe it was there to teach kids to like. Uh, increase their tolerance for annoyance so that maybe they they didn't shun or their little brother or annoying kids or know, their like little or brother or something. Kids. Yeah, no, I, I I probably agree with you there. Um, anyway, I have a question though: Were Evil Lynn and Skeletor always a couple? Like back in the day, was was that like a romance? No, I always no, I don't think I ever saw them as a couple. Uh, whenever I watched the show, they they were pretty much just uh, she was just a henchman, right? Now, was Evil in the one who wore a helmet sometimes? Did she Yeah, wear... yeah, she had like a, it was like a purplish, yeah. purple, yeah, yeah, it was a helmet, she definitely wore a helmet. there yeah. was an episode with her and Teela stuck in the desert and they had to sort of team up together, didn't they? There's a, there's a famous episode where the two of them, they have to put aside their mutual animosity to survive, I believe. Do you recall this? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember it as a kid. It was a good episode. Anyway, it was... In, look, it oh, was, I'm in, sorry. I had Manny faces. Yeah. Oh, I was... I loved how the toys, like... Oh, uh, like... Um, uh, I, I like how, like, uh, Ram uh, Ram Man, you pushed him down. Yeah. And then he would spring up like the Ram. I like that Manny, Manny faces had the dial on the top so you could change yeah. the, the faces. And I liked... Um, uh, tri- oh shit! What did I say? Triclops, not tri. Yeah. Triclops. I like again that you could spin his like thing around. And he's I, in I the cartoon. Like that... He's in the cartoon. Yeah, um. I would look. I did watch the first like three episodes of it, and I was just like, I just don't want to watch this because it's not what I. What I felt is. like I was sold, you know, false uh, goods. False goods, and so it just kind of turned me off. Like again, and which is sad because. Um, uh, I love the artist, um, the like the guy that designed the characters, Eddie Nunez. Mm. I fucking love that guy's art, man. He's literally one of my favorite artists, um, and I was thoroughly disappointed that they that they made me feel like that and they turned me off because I was really excited when I saw that he was doing the designs. Well, I, I'd design. almost say to you, give it a, another go from the Savage He-Man episode because it look it was quite watchable. I'm definitely going to at least... Oh, it ends. I'll, can I tell you how it ends? Do you care? Sure. Um, so th- this, is the, this is the first... This is Revelation, yeah? So this is the first one. So I finished it last night. It ends with Skeletor kind of demoted down to Subternia and he's with um, the guy you just mentioned with the tri-face or whatever his name is. And, um, and anyway, so basically Skeletor is being his usual bitchy self, trying to boss everyone around despite the fact he just got totally defeated. And they're praying to this sort of figure. I, it's I forget what it's called, mother motherboard or something or mothership. And anyway, and she comes down and she's literally got these like 
uh, tentacles, like cables that plug into Skeletor, almost like digitizing him or something, and then suddenly out of her head pops the Hordak, like a little Hordak sort of like light up graphic, uh, you know, like a like a neon, not a neon sign, but like a computer sign of Hordak, and that's how it ends. So it ends with the Hordak tease, which is pretty cool. Um, and I loved Hordak, and I was like, and apparently he's all through the second season. It's all about Hordak and stuff. So, yeah, I'm down for that, man. Um, so I did my duty. I watched it. I totally get your criticisms, and I really only jumped on with um, with He Man, and and apparently there's heaps of He Man in in the new series. So you know, make of that what you will. Maybe Kevin Smith finally listened. You know, and I was checking out the credits. Uh, thankfully, Kevin Smith wasn't writing it. He's like the story editor or something. Um, anyway. Now, Superman, we'll Red, Superman Red Sun starring Henry Cavill is a DC movie Matthew Vaughn would like to make. Jesus Christ, are we already trying to bring back Henry Cavill before we've even started with the new guy? Like, really? Like, that just feels like... Uh, I just think people say that to... Um make something happen. Yeah, just to give it some legitimacy. So that maybe it'll, you know, people will be like, yeah, Warner Brothers, you should do this, and then it gets off the ground, but I mean, they might not even cost it, but it gets it in production, or it gets, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I think people do that sort of, they say that stuff to try and make something happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, This was interesting. Talking Heads turned down $80 million uh, they were offered by Live Nation to headline six to eight festival gigs and headlining slots. I think they're fools. They should have... I, I would definitely have... I mean, I don't care how much animosity there was. You're a professional band. You could get back together and, 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 and play the hits for for an hour for 80 mil. Don't you reckon, Rich? Probably. I mean, come on. Like, you've only got to play the hits. You've just got to get out there and do... She was... Um, you know, what's the song? The Once in a Lifetime... You know, something like that. You know, do to play probably seven songs. You walk off, and you're like ten million dollars richer each year, or more. And it's just like easy money, easy fucking money. Harder. Everyone says business savvy as you do. Harder to sit around and have to do a documentary and talk and oh, about all the past. Easier to just get out there and play the hits. You know, mm-hmm. like rather dig up the past. Just you know, just do it. Um, Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Duke 2. Every bit of this comic book excited me. When it got to the end with Baroness, I was just like, I'm fucking loving this. I'm loving this G.I. Joe shit, man, coming out from Skybound. I know I was shitting on the Kirkman before, but <laughs> he's back in my good books now. Um, Clutch, one of my favourites, man. Gets heavy cover here. Uh, enjoyed the artwork. Enjoyed the story. Enjoyed life. Enjoyed Baroness at the end. She's one of my old favourites. Did you know that? Um, where were you on oh, Duke? Yeah. Where were you on Duke too? Oh, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, this seems so. This kind of seems like an origin of GI Joe as well. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. And I'm quite liking it. Um, I like that they did the. I, I couldn't help but notice they did the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, uh, Predator, um, you know, when he gets Dylan, and then they they grab, you know, they do the 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 much um, hand grab, you know, yes, the, the yes. become a meme. Yeah. Um, yes. I like that they kind of did that in there. 
Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, Jesus Christ, this this flew by. I couldn't. I could. I could have sworn I only read four pages and it was finished. No, I know. I know. But it was. Um, it was. It was. It was. It was a fun time. It was a fast time, but it was a fun time. You know. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that it's like some sort of like. It's not. It's definitely not a negative. No, no. I I loved this man. To be honest, to be brutally honest, I absolutely loved it, and it just excites me that um, things are things are happening now. Remind me. Was Baroness captured in the first episode? No, I don't even think she was in the first. No, she wasn't. So this is like her first appearance as well. So I yeah. mean, Stalker and um, Rock and Roll um, don't know who Duke is. So it's it's literally like the formation. Because what they could do is they could offer Duke the thing like you're dead. Um, do you want to f- become part of this covert team, GI Joe? Because you know mm. they give funerals Yo, to the to Joe. the soldiers. Yo, Joe. Eight out of ten for me, Rich. Every bit of this excites me. Was my comment. Yeah, um, eight out of ten. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Then we came to Arak Son of Thunder one to three. Uh, look, it's wordy. Roy Thomas. Um, I'm familiar with his Conan stuff. This is very similar. He's very ponderous. I like the idea of this Native American who gets. Um, uh, who's floating across the Atlantic Ocean and some Vikings who are sailing way, way west pick him up. He then becomes a Viking. Uh, it's actually a really cool concept. And, it, in fact, I quite enjoyed it. I just feel Roy Thomas's sort of ponderous storytelling method sort of drag it down a point or two for me. But I did enjoy it. And I certainly think this is a character with a lot of potential. You know? Mm. And I like the mix of medieval times and a bit of sorcery, the Native American and the Vikings. It's hitting a lot of my favourite boxes, isn't it, Rich? Well, it's, what, it had the Romans, it had yeah, it had yeah. everything. So I mean, yeah. this it definitely feels like it's a fantasy that's happening in our in in our history. Yeah, because uh, you've got the Native Americans in cities that they're even talking about the Roman Empire in it. You got Vikings, it. so it's definitely one that feels like it's. Um, taking our history and just sort of like making this weird fantasy thing about it um i liked it um bit wordy mm. um could maybe go at a slightly faster pace but love the art i love the idea of it i actually quite like the character mm. um but yeah um a, a really good recommend yeah i, 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 I really enjoyed myself I, I think for me the first three probably a seven out of ten uh, first two for me, yeah, definitely seven out of ten. Okay, then we had Beware the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. We watched that really, or watched or read that really shit Planet of the Apes adaptation from recently. Remember, we really hated it, Rich. Um, this is a, supposedly a prequel to the original movies, um, Beneath the uh, Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This this felt like watching more of the movie. Great artwork. Good storytelling. This is what I need from Planet of the Apes comics. In, in fairness, Rich, I wish this was a fucking omnibus that I could just keep reading. I'm greedy like that. You know, I'm a greedy, greedy boy. You are greedy, you bastard. Get ready for this. 8.5 out of 10. Loved it. Where are you? Um, uh, the 7.5. Uh, I like The art's really good. I like it. Um, it's a bit of a slow burn. But I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's got a good feel to it. 
definitely feels more Planet of the Apes. Oh, 100%. Um, so, yeah, 7.5, definitely a recommend. Uh, and hopefully, yeah, it turns out to actually be an interesting story because uh, I, I did actually, I was intrigued with what I read. Uh, I always like a good mystery if it's, if it's done right. I love Planet of the Apes. Now, I've got a question about this because I was confused. It's a prequel. Why do they keep cutting two images from the first two movies in the prequel? I didn't understand that. Like, it's a prequel. Uh, maybe just, I don't know, maybe for people who just to remind us. watch the movies and are trying to figure out where it fits in or something. But it, but um, it doesn't fit in. It's like events are happening pr- prior to them, and then it just does a cutaway. I mean, to emphasize that it's a prequel. Oh, okay. Like, right. I don't I know. Like, or maybe it's just for people that never watched the movie to say, hey, hey. This hey. is where it takes place in the movie. You should go watch it. I don't know. Like what's interesting know. as well is well, what's also interesting is the the cutaways are taking are taken from the original Doug Munch run. Did you realize that? So that's his that's his adaptation with the artist of the two movies. They did them as as comics, you know, like as comic book adaptations of the films. And I've got them in a, in a very slender omnibus that I actually want to say is actually just more of a normal hardcover, which they called an omnibus and charged omnibus prices for and fucking gouged us. You know what I mean? They fucking gouged us, Rich. Gouged I don't have, No, we can blame Sobolski because it did happen on that fat clown's watch. Akira Yoshida got me that day. <laughs> he struck early that fucking day. Um, anyway... Regardless of that, that, yeah. So it was he's your, he's your nemesis. No, he's he's like the mini boss before Brevoort. He's the fat mini boss, you know, because then you fight Brevoort in the end, and you kick his ass. You just make a mockery of him. He, you know, he'd try to throw his hat at you like um, Kung Lao, you know, that chicken. Oh, shit I thought you were going to say odd job. <sighs> yeah, well, whoever. But anyway, getting back to the point, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and yeah, I thought it was interesting that they used those cutaways from the adaptations from the 70s because that was noted in the back. What was also funny is they do the recap of what happened in the movies, which again, I'm like, that happened after this events of this, you know. But anyway, but they mentioned in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, how the planet blows up, which I always find amusing because in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Charles Heston fires the nuke, which then blows up the planet, um, which is pretty cool. Do you remember that, Rich, from Beneath? Mm-hmm. Like at the end, the Earth just dies, and and they actually say it in the in the thing. Like, and he explodes the planet, and I'm like, I don't know, I I I know I keep harping on it, but I just I just I just don't understand why a prequel is weirdly cutting forward to the movies. Like, I don't understand what, the logic. It would make more sense if you were looking at something in the present, cutting back to the past. Why are we flash forwarding? I didn't. I, I just don't understand it. I, I I think it's confusing, actually. If anything, like it's like anyway. Just that's just my opinion, you know. Um, I'm right though as well. Can I just say that? Like, <laughs> so what do you mean is that's your fact? That's my fact. Uh, I'm giving it eight out of ten. Rich, what are you giving it? You there, Rich? Just trying to think. Okay. What did I say? You didn't say anything. You haven't given any. Did I say seven point five? Okay, seven point five. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. 7.5. Eight from me. Then we had Berserker Fallen Empire. I must admit, I thought this was going to suck, 
and I enjoyed it. It's just a, it's it's. I mean, as well, what a surprise! Which we've got, we've got now to spin offs of Berserker back in the past. Like, who could have picked that? You know, um, <laughs> Berserker in sort of like a desert state, just killing heaps of people. Um, he's betrayed by this queen. I thought it was a really well told story. I thought it was good, solid stuff. I thought it was actually a lot more entertaining than a lot of the Berserker that we read. Um, but again, it's throwaway because it's just like, here's an adventure from the previous years of Berserker. Um, and his catchphrase is, this won't end well for you. I thought it was cool. What did you think, Rich? Well, I didn't hate it. I'm definitely more harsh than you because I, f- I just find the whole thing a bit derivative. Like, I was, a- I was actually thinking when I was getting towards the end of it, I'm like, oh, this is just John Berserker. Um, it's basically just John Wick as, as this berserker character. Sure. Um, you know, uh, yep. <coughs> cool twist because thank God it was a twist because, um, so when the chick with the, 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 who had her nose cut off, yeah, when she was telling the, the story, she was also then filling in stuff about with the two of them alone, like when they'd fled in the cave. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, Oh no. This person, this writer has made the terrible, you know, blunder of like, how can this character possibly know what's happening? Sure. Right. Or what's being said between them if she's telling the story to these monks. But then it turned out you you get the twist and all that sort of stuff in it. Well, sometimes to get away from that, they do the whole thing where she says somehow they became one and then it cuts to the actual events. So they sort of, the, the technique they often use to cover that up is they're like, somewhere, some, somehow this happened, and then they cut to the actual events that are playing out so that you as a viewer know everything, even if the narrator might not know in such incredible detail. No, but, but in this case, she's telling the entire story I know, to, I know, Rich. to this mom. But anyway, so, but I'll be honest with you, I just find this whole Berserker thing to be like, um, Berserk, uh, to be, it's very derivative. I always just, while I don't hate it, I feel like I've read it before. Or I just feel like... Well, it's the immortal soldier kind of thing, you know. Yeah, 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 you know. I mean, when you had Eternal Warrior from... Uh, yeah, it is very Eternal Warrior. Um, um, Valiant. A, Valiant. Valiant and, you know, and, and Highlander. Like, and I'm not saying you can't do it, but I just... I am not... It's, it, there's nothing in this that is making me like, wow, like, this is the hook. Well, it's... That's getting me into this immortal guy, like... I well, don't have that hook to separate him. If I if I put it up there with one of my favourite stories, which is uh, Lazarus. Lazarus has a lot more bills and whistles and depth in the world than than this. This is quite basic, you know. This this would actually probably make a pretty entertaining movie, you know. I think you could make a decent movie out of this, which is of course what I think they're doing. So, you know, but um, I don't know. What did you What did you think of actually Eternal Warrior back in the day? Because I imagine it's similar to this, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was fine. I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed the the relaunch of the Eternal Warrior as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Uh, you know that Valiant are putting them out in. Um, you can get the Richard, um, not Richard. Um, Ray was telling me that they're sort of like epic collections of Valiant are putting out of the of the old stuff as well, the original Valiant stuff. Um, okay. Oh, that, no, that's pretty cool. They should do that. I mean, yeah. if they want to make, with I mean, they're not making money off their new shit. No, so they've got like they should yeah. take the Marvel and DC right and hey, let's start putting out some fucking trades and omnibuses of the old shit, and hopefully the old people buy that so we can yeah. make some money. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what exactly what they are doing. Um, 
Chris, I wouldn't mind checking out uh, some Eternal Warrior, the classic, and then we might do the original. We might start with some of the original, and then we might do the remake, you know, and just do a couple of those, because it's something I haven't explored, and I like the concept, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's something I would like? I think you might, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like it's something I would like, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it doesn't feel like Keanu kind of had to strain his brain too hard for this story. You know, this seems like he was probably a bit stoned and was like, you know what, I think I've got something. Like I said, it's, it's, it's basically John Wick because yeah. he's betrayed and then he kills everyone as punishment for his, you know, well, not betrayed, but like... But how powerful know, is he? Like, was he just killing people with his hands? Like, I didn't realise... Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Well, I, having watched it, I didn't well, realize. Well, I assume he's got some kind of enhanced strength uh, because yeah. he's what from the gods or something like but, that. So, but here's what I didn't realize. I thought in when we read it before, he's just like a killing machine, and he can go berserk. But this makes it seem like it's inevitable that he will always. He he was saying to yes, her. Yes, so uh, basically, he, he's like a vampire in that. The rage will just build up, in, and then he will just fucking go into a blind rage and kill everyone around him. I didn't realise that. I guess that's in the name, Berserker. Mm. Yeah. Now, suddenly, I've got. I've understood the concept. <laughs> 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 I didn't realise that. I. I didn't realise that he was sort of fated to do it. Like I thought that only happened when people really pissed him off. But it's more like a curse that. He he, because he was saying to her that he had to travel to get away from her, because otherwise he would just have killed her. And then he had to travel more and more to find people, because I'd driven so far into the desert. Like I didn't realize that it was. I I I thought if left alone, he would be okay if he kind of kept stable, but that's not the case. I think so. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Well. Uh, well, yeah. So basically, yeah. Uh, He's got a bloodlust, basically. He's he just he's like he. It's like hulking out, except it's not about getting angry. Imagine if it was Bruce Banner, mm. and the Hulk is just something that builds up, wells up with him. Yes, yes, and and just comes out whenever enough hulkiness has has. Yeah, a, a yeah, crew. like it, it just builds up and up and up and up. Like he can't control it at all. Um, no, and the only way to sort of make you know, like to get rid of it is to lose control. So basically, get it out. Yeah, and then then he can go back to normal until it kicks in again. See, I didn't realize that's what I didn't realize. I, I didn't. I don't think they. I don't think they. That was from the first books that we read. It looks like maybe that's something that they've. Yeah. Okay. They've added that not, in a bit. Not retcon, but maybe added. Keanu's had another um, idea. Keanu's had an idea. He's like sitting back there. And he's like, "Hey guys, I got another idea. Someone write this down." Because well, he has to kill. Because he's like, because I sure won't write it down. <laughs> 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 hey, guys, I got gold. Can you imagine them? He's, I got some gold here. He says it, and you, you see the, uh, the, the, the writers look around like, this ain't gold, but we'll, we'll rub with it. His checks are clearing. Oh, the great stuff, Keanu. You got any more? Not right now. I'm all tapped out. That took a lot out of me. You know, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, they're I'll like, see you next week. They're, 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 can you imagine the writers going, wow, she hasn't given us much. Uh, <laughs> but these, these, these paychecks are fantastic. He pays top dollar. He's got terrible ideas, but... <laughs> you know what I'm well, I know you've been funny. I would say terrible, but I would no. definitely say they are... Run of the mill. Yeah, I was going to say they're very... Um, 
stock standard. Yeah, like, they're, they're not. And what would be more funny is if they have to pretend like it's a brand new... Yeah. Well, wow! Well, no one's ever done amazing. this before. What? Well, you mean a How warrior? How with these great original <laughs> ideas, Keon? A warrior that can't hey, die? I shouldn't mock him. He's supposed to be a really nice guy. <laughs> a warrior that can't die? Well, no one's done this, man. Wow! He's like, yeah, I just came up with it. <laughs> he said, no, he's like, I was watching Highlander and I just had this yeah, idea. I was like, imagine if that was like real, but not with like, you didn't have to cut the head off. Like, what if they cut the head off, but you didn't die? Yeah, and he looks like me as well. That's the other part. Make sure you get, <laughs> make sure you get that down. Yeah, no, look, in all fairness, I, I quite like it. I think it's fun. Um, 7.5 out of 10 I've got a sneak is, I'll be very surprised if this doesn't get turned into either a show or a movie at some point. No, it's already, it's been it's been greenlit for a movie. I know it's been greenlit. You mean actually make that it. That doesn't mean that it actually comes No, out no, 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 no. It's, it's still deep in pre-production. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to see if this actually... Makes it all the way. ...becomes a thing. yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that does happen, actually. Um, I would hope they do it well. I actually do think a decent scriptwriter could make a pretty good movie. You know, I, I don't think that that's impossible by any means. Um, now, our trade of the week was fantastic for The Overthrow of Doom. Uh, primarily written by Marv Wolfman, who starts off as the editor, uh, Bill Mantlow, was also credited for writing, and Len Wein, who had been the previous writer, was plotting it, and Bill Mantlow was writing it, and then Marv Wolfman, who was the editor, takes over for, I think, a fairly lengthy run on Fantastic Four. Um, very wordy, but enjoyable. Fantastic art. Loved the artwork in this. I thought it was John Romita Jr. or John Romita Sr. It wasn't. It was just someone who had a similar style. But... Um, I mean, basically, in essence, the Fantastic Four are all split up. Sue's in Hollywood. Um, Reed has lost his powers uh, and is having to work for the man. And Johnny Storm um, is out there <laughs> just drag racing and just causing havoc. And Thing is going up in the space shuttle. So everyone's separate. And they're sort of all gradually pulled together by the mysterious like, you know, mysterious, um, almost like puppeteer, who, of course, turns out to be Dr. Doom, who gets them all back together again and imprisons them, and he's just a constant thorn in their fucking side. Uh, and Reed replicates the incident which gave them powers, which is the one part where I was like, wow, okay, we're doing that. Um, and he gets the exact same powers, but better. Um... Namor turns up for an appearance with Sue Storm. It was interesting. I, of course. I you can't have Fantastic Four without Namor coming coming in and with uh, with old Sue Storm. Especially when Sue Storm's solo and he's just like, can I desperately just get a just can I just get a piece of her in this five seconds and she's away from Reed? I honestly, I know it's wordy. I know it's very seventies. I enjoyed it. I I thought this was actually a pleasure to read yes it, i think because we had to read it for the show i had to read it faster than i would normally read something like this but i enjoyed it you know what i mean i think because we had to churn through it on the show you're having to read faster than you want to because it is very wordy but i love the artwork and i felt the story moved and i i love dr doom and it was great seeing dr doom in such like his pomp and ceremony um kind of kicking everyone's asses for a while um, 
yeah, it reminded me how much I love Doctor Doom, basically. And I did find it funny that Reed replicated the incident to give himself powers, and that was actually funny. What did you think of this one, Reed? With, with the help of Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the help of Doom. But, like, the lens he went to to do it was just what made it more amusing to me, you know? Um, what did you think of this one, Rich? Uh, yeah, I, I, I said to you uh, when I finished reading, I was like, I enjoyed that, but, man, was it wordy. Yeah, like it was wordy. Um, it, it's this weird time where I feel like... Um, Comics were still like uh, being written by like very traditional trained writers. So yeah. basically, you know, they'd probably write things in like like novella form, basically, and mm. then the art is going to come in. And because a lot of this is just a lot of repeated information. Mm. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're seeing the information, but then you're also being told the information. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Oh, yeah, they love recapping the storyline of the last issue, but it's like, did we need that much of a recap? Like, okay, imagine this. Imagine a character's falling, (laughs) and then they're like, I'm falling! It's like, yeah, I can see that in the picture. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're aware. You know, uh, or like like the one where Johnny Storm's fighting that, uh, I love that fucking name, Texas Tornado, by the way, fucking great. Who, by the way... Um, I did recently a Capes and Lunatic Ultimate Spider cast, and this guy turned up. Um, yeah. I like his look. It reminded me of uh, the cartoon I used to watch back in the day called um, uh, Brave Style. Yeah. Uh, and I just loved his name. I loved his look, loved his name, Texas. Anyway, like like Johnny Storm's fighting him, and then he's like, he gets caught in a tornado, and then Johnny Storm's like, oh, no. He's got me caught in the tornado. It's like, yeah, I can see yeah, it. We, you we, don't have to tell yeah. me what's happening. I know. I'm not fucking... Well, I was going to say I'm not blind, but I'm not hearing him. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just... I, mm. And look, I think the, the writers got better mm. as they as they worked on more and maybe worked on multiple books. They probably realized, oh, you know, I, I can just rely on the, the, the artist. I don't have to keep describing everything, especially if you've got a good artist and all that. So I like the story. I like this. I mean, it's fucking hell. This story is a roller coaster of fucking oh yeah uh, stuff, man. I mean, you've got uh, Johnny on the on the the uh, reservation <laughs> fighting Texas tornado. You've got Sue in her acting career work. I think working for a studio that's run by Namor. Yeah, Namor. Um, yeah, it's one that he had. Some, how about when the guy goes uh, a little bit more cleavage? You, <laughs> I don't even think. I think thing is just not doing anything, and then no, he's just he, bumming he, around. No, he's giving the space shuttle. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. 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 Yeah. They, they, for some reason, they they're building a space shuttle that he can fly yes. with his giant weight and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Reed is yeah, uh, working for um, what turns out to be a clone of Doom, although Doom says lies says it was his son and all that. Who then? The only reason he was helping Reed get his powers back was so that he could stick him in a tube with the other three. Yes. And so he could transfer all of their powers into the clone. Yes. Which just made me think, Super Scroll. Well, he Super Scroll even gets mentioned. They're like, it's just yeah. like with Super Scroll. I'm like, yes, it is exactly so like, like that. Not, not, not the most original idea. <laughs> um, no. uh, but of course, that goes wrong, and Doom ends up killing his clone, which. Really, he sends him over the edge and all that. He gets <laughs> overthrown. Yeah. Uh, and then the one-eyed rebel sort of takes over as king somehow. Yeah. And then they all go home and shit. And it's like, so much happened in this. Yep. So much. And I thought to myself, when I got to the end of it, 
all 170 pages. I was like, shit, I thought you said you picked the short one. Well, yeah, I, you know, but look, it was fun. You know, I, I, I must admit I enjoyed it um, a lot, actually. Like, I honestly found it extremely enjoyable. I, I, I like the Fantastic Four. It's not something that I've read tons of. So for me, it's always a bit of a fun experience because it's like, you know, I haven't trod the waters that much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I like seeing all this stuff fall in place. Like, honestly, when I read the Fantastic Four, I, I often think, well, I don't know why I don't read more Fantastic Four because it, it is enjoyable. Like, the, the the setup of it is just so perfect in my eyes. And uh, some of the villains, I think, are pretty kooky, but that's sort of a product of Stan and Jack when they were building it were at, like, fever, you know, sink. And so, and that's always part of it. It's baked into the DNA. But, like, I was struggling with the demon guy at first. But then I'm like, it's the Fantastic Four. You've got to allow for this kind of crazy shit. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say. Other than I thought it was better than I expected. Now, I did a, full disclosure, I've got a, I've got a Ryan North new Fantastic Four that I want to do shortly on the show. But I typed in, give me the top ten or top 20 Fantastic Four stories, like, just into Google, and it spat out some... And it, this was one it spat out, and I thought, well, this is... You know, it was about five or six issues. I thought it's about the right length. Um, I'm glad I picked it, because it, I didn't want to pick one. We've done Coming of Galactus. I didn't want to pick one that is, like, super well-known. Like, this, this is kind of tucked away in the 70s, but I, I think it's a really good advertisement for the Fantastic Four, which I think are a great institution. I mean, I remembering back in the 80s how much I hated Thing, you know, because all just personal bias, because I preferred Hulk, which I still prefer Hulk. But now, I think Thing's really cool. You know what I mean? Like, I bought a Thing Marvel Legends figure. I, I think Thing's really cool. He's not as strong as Hulk, but he's still cool. Um, and he's got a lot of character. You know, like, that's the thing about Thing. He just throws out so many one-liners at Doom, constantly just... Doom hates him so much, like he's just beneath Doom's contempt. But the thing just talks so much trash at Doom all the time. Um, Very I, true. Which I enjoy. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, oddly enough, the Fantastic Four are a lot of trash talkers. Oh, general. yeah. Well, yeah, they banter amongst themselves as well. Think, like think Johnny. Johnny being the most. But, yeah. but Sue and, 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 uh, and, and Reed can, can talk shit too. They certainly can. Um, and it was fun seeing Namor turn up in sort of like his own crazy story, like which was just like, thanks, Namor. Um, yeah, no, uh, very enjoyable. Look, you get, if you're going to check this one out, it's the 70s, it's Marv Wolfman. He kind of likes the sound of his own voice, but he does get it. Um, the characters, they are the characters, because what I hate... It certainly feels like... Four, which was nice. Yes, because what I don't like is when I read a story of Fantastic Four, and frankly, one of my favourite authors, Grant Morrison, did one, which reads nothing like any Fantastic Four you've ever read, and not in a good way. You know, like, it, it's called the Fantastic Four, but they don't in any way act like the Fantastic Four, and for me, that's the, the fun is gone, because you need to have the characters, because they're very, they're very, like, archetypical characters, archetypal, like, they're not... You know what I mean? Like, they're very... I don't think it's the hardest writing job in the world because they're so defined and they're so different to each other and that's the fun of it. So when you break that, I think you take away the joy of the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, but if you're a Fantastic Four fan, do yourself a favour and check this one out. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it 8 out of 10 with the caveat that it is wordy, 
but it's rewarding, it's fun. Probably don't try to read it in one night like I did last night. I just slogged through it. Um, <laughs> you did, oh, my God. I did that over three days. No, yeah, I, I, well, it's because I've been so busy at work that I just, I just had... I just hadn't made any impact on it. and But the thing was, I did enjoy it. You know, I would have enjoyed it more if I could have watched, read it more slowly. But, like, I was enjoying it. I was like, this is fun. It's just, it's just is wordy, you know. And it there's a lot to read. And, and some of it could be cut down, like, frankly. Like, I mean, some of the non-stop fucking quipping and, like, recapping and description. And, you know, some of it could just be, like chopped down a little bit the funny thing was i read this and then i read duke too which took me about like two minutes mm-hmm. and i was like man i wish some of fantastic four had been a bit of, like duke <laughs> just because my brain was hardwired for like massive amounts of text and then i read duke too in like literally about three minutes <laughs> and i was like okay um i'm giving it eight out of ten what are you giving it, rich yep i will i will con- concur with you and say, hey, Signal of Doom is in agreement. Now, Richard, uh, next week, our long-awaited Iron Man episode with Tash. We are doing Volume 1 of Jerry Duggan's Iron Man. I've also got a few surprises in there, um, some different Iron Man issues from through the years. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, very forward to that. I've asked Chuck Dixon about his issue, which we're going to review, and I've asked David Michelini about his issue, which we're going to review, just to see if I can get any insights from the writers of those in particular. I'm not sure if Chuck remembers writing his one Iron Man issue. <laughs> from He's only written about 5,000 comics. It's like, do you remember this one Iron Man issue? It's like, Jesus, let me dig back in the files. Um, but anyway, look, in fairness... So excited, um, really happy that we're rolling in 2024. Thank you to all the patrons. Thank you to all the listeners. Um, our European audience has really been increasing, which is nice. Um, Bob Budiansky, I will put up this weekend. Um, I've just been incredibly busy at work, to be honest. Um, what else? There's the new Patreon episode, Cinema of Doom. Rich, your job is to come up with a movie to do Cinema of Doom in the next couple of weeks. Um, so you can put your thinking cap on for that. And the, my only caveat, Rich, no, my only caveat, no silent movies. Cinema Doom is not interested in silent movies. So you've, it's got to be a talkie, Rich. That's your What you're saying is that you have no class. Yeah, I, well, everyone knows that. So that's okay. Um, yeah, and look, uh, join us at The Collective, uh, or tune into The Collective, I should say. You've got shows like Capes and Lunatics, which with, with uh, Phil and Lilith. You've got Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got Into the Night with Ray. Last Sons of Krypton with Connor. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got us. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but at the same time, it's very late at night now. I'm very exhausted. Rich, anything for you that you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to say? Any announcements? No. <laughs> it, was a long, it was a long wait for a no there. I was like, just... long two I've had a long two weeks. No, I'm, I know. I'm physically drained, well, you not can... just from just doing the manual labor, but the heat. Yeah, it like has 30 been. 30-odd degrees every single day with no work in aircon. I, That's harsh. I barely remember what day it is right now. Wow. Yeah, it's very late on a Friday night. Well, look, it has been a pleasure, though, to cover all the things we've covered tonight. And I will throw Rogue Trooper in as well. I'm super excited about Rogue Trooper. Man, I, I, I might dream about Rogue Trooper tonight, man. And the big question is, I think fans should write in, 
listener should write in, should he kill the Trader General in the first movie? Because you're not guaranteed a second movie. That's the thing. But if you kill the Trader General... That doesn't mean you should blow your load. I mean, if you can... If you can make it that it's kind like again, he doesn't have to die. You can still, as I said, you can wound, wound him. him. You can yeah. make it seem like he's seriously, yeah, wounded or injured or something like that. Um, it's what, probably what I would do. What about you, he thinks he's killed him, and then right at the end of the movie, he realizes like it's like a decoy or something. Yeah, that's what I mean. Him. You can have it kind of look like it's got an ending of like you did it or whatever, whatever, and then you have your, you know, right at the end. I wouldn't do maybe. I wouldn't do a. Um, End credit scene because there's no uh, mm. no guarantee people stick around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to watch end credits, but I would just I would definitely get it right at the end and be like, he's alive or something like that. Or yeah. Finally, before we go, who's your favorite 2018 character out of any of the characters? Could be anybody in 2018. Oh, you're, it's already it's, it's Wow, I thought it was for some reason. Mine's Joe Dredd. Surprise, surprise. Yes, um, and your second one is Ron Tempto. It's true, but Rogue Trooper is a very close third. I love Rogue Trooper. Um, all right, man. Keep killing out there. Good night. Good night. Killer show, Rich. Killer show. Yeah, it was good, man. We had some good conversation there.